0: I see you and you see me. Watch you blowing the line when you're making.
1: Elementary heads. Oh, what's good?
2: Didn't see you there. I was just eating at this gastro pub, enjoying the. Nope. Um. Hey, <coughs> what's up, elementary fiends? Uh, welcome to Element P, the podcast about the greatest show on television. Elementary. Hey! Hey!
1: That's never happened before. I thought that today I was going to come clean. No more jokes. No more japes. No more goofs. The best show on television this week is elementary.
0: Woo!
2: It's true. Everyone who ever said a different answer was kidding. Including me. Including you no one No one has ever said, "Well, elementary is good, but I wouldn't say it's the best show on television and meant it.
1: actually, actually i it's a little bit more serious than that if i I know you don't really like getting serious on this show, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get serious okay. I, was, I was the last time I was on and the time mm-hmm. before that, mm-hmm. I was approached by somebody uh-huh. in, a, in, in, a, in a parking lot and he, and he handed me thirty dollars. Oh, USD, mm-hmm. which is like seventy five Canadian. And he, <laughs> and he said, "The conversion rate really that?" <laughs> Probably. He said, "And he said, I heard you're gonna be on a podcast." I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, yeah. It's called Elemental P. was my. It's with. Uh, it was Val." Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That sounds really good. You know, when they ask you the best show on television, uh-huh. you're gonna say something other than Elementary. Oh well, it's God. like why would I? Why would I say that? It's just. It's it. It is the best show on TV. Yeah, every, everyone knows that. And then he reached into his pocket and he pulled out another thirty dollars. <gasps> oh my god! And he said, "There's more for. There's more in it for you, if you insist that there is another show better than Elementary on TV." I said, wow. "I can't. I can't let my friend Val down like that. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like what the hell?" And mm-hmm. and he said, "Listen, you little shit." If more people know about, watch, and listen to shows about elementary, Mm -hmm. my show isn't going to get a fifth season. Mm -hmm. I said, Mr. Cumberbatch? (gasps) Oh, my God. And at that point, I blacked out, passed out, woke up at home with my headphones on, and I was ready to record. And I was scared. Oh, my God. I was scared, I was fearful for my family's safety, and so I went along with that evil man. I can't believe that.
2: Wow. I mean, I don't know what's more upsetting. I mean, knowing that someone is actively sabotaging my podcast for... I mean, the exorbitant amount of money of 60 American dollars per episode. That's that's an insane amount of money. But I don't know what's worse, that or... The fact that that means BBC Sherlock was getting a fifth season.
1: Well, you know, Ooh. I mean, we'll have to see how it pans out. But I think um, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things are changing every day. And so we don't know. We don't know the internal machinations.
2: That's true. You know. And maybe now that you very bravely come forward about this, they won't because of Benedict's terrible actions.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
2: also, Mr. Cumberbatch, um, two notes for you. One, I will do it for $75 per episode. And two, your American accent's bad in the movies that you're in. Okay. (laughs) Text me.
1: (laughs) I I love when you talk about acting because it's just like, I don't know. It feels like you're an authority on it, even though, like, maybe that's true. Well,
2: I am an amateur actor myself. See, that's I've been in a, several community theater productions.
1: See, that's it. I think that's it. You're just so confident that, like, if uh-huh. if you if you say that a wig is bad or makeup is bad or acting is bad, I just have to believe you.
2: <laughs> well, have you seen any of any of the stuff with Doctor Strange in it?
1: I've seen both Doctor Strange films.
2: You've seen the films of Doctor Strange. See, Doctor Strange was the reason that I said to myself, you know what? I don't have to watch every Marvel movie. (laughs) Because, and that that literally, like, released me from the, like, chains of feeling like I needed to keep up with it. I The character of Doctor Strange doesn't appeal to me. Like, the first thing I learned about him was that he was... Like before the movie even came out, was like, this is a white guy who goes to Asia to learn Asia magic and then comes back, and he's the biggest magic guy of all of them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I was just like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know yeah, it yeah. I never learned anything that, you know, made him seem more appealing. But my friend Jupiter, shout out to Jupiter, who occasionally listens to this podcast. Hey. They brought me to the newest Spider-Man movie that Doctor Strange is in.
1: Yes, yes. and He's it's the a, worst part of it. He's the worst part of that movie.
2: Oh, yeah, by far, by far. And it's especially heinous when it's him and... Um, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Thank you, Tom Holland. Him and Tom Holland in a room talking to each other. Because I'm just looking, looking at this like, this is two British guys speaking in American accents to each other. There's no one else around. They, they should just speak in their native tongues. <laughs> but then also that Tom Holland is doing like so much better of a job than Benedict Cumberbatch is, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Can you learn from the young one there.
1: Yeah, I'm. Benny? I'm, I'm not. I'm really not a good a gauge of like who's a good actor or not. Like I know that like some performances are unbelievable and over the top, but like I also don't know where that line is. Like I yeah. really don't. So so yeah, I I appreciate these insights because I because I thought Doctor Strange's American accent was just whatever. It was just it was just like eh, you know it it is what it is.
2: I mean, maybe I'm going into it knowing that he's British, so I'm like extra listening for it. Well, no, because I knew that about Tom Holland too. Yeah. I don't know. There's just he has that thing of like his accent is from nowhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, he doesn't have any regionality, so it feels less believable.
0: mm Hmm. But
1: you want to know who isn't a coward, who Who? isn't, who isn't afraid of who he is and doesn't have to change anything about himself. It's fucking Johnny Lee Miller in the hit television show, fucking Elementary.
2: Elementary! Yes! What a good show. I'm so glad that you're able to live your truth and everyone's truth today, which is that Elementary
1: is the best show on television that's ever been made. I'd rather watch 50 minutes of the bullshit long intro than Ah! one minute of Sherlock.
0: Damn. I said
1: it. I said it. it. Damn. Maybe if you watch it 50 times in a row,
2: it'll be more obvious where the pieces connect together.
1: Doubtful, but I appreciate the sentiment.
2: (laughs) Um, Today, we are discussing Elementary Season 2, Episode 24 The Grand Experiment. I just Googled it to see what the title was, and I almost said, Season 2, Episode 24, Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) That's the website name. Uh, I'm your host, Val Flight Cub, a.k.a. The Chronic Corner Cutter. And with me is my recurring guest, best friend of the show, if I can say... Joe. Hello. Joe, how should we how should we refer to you today?
1: Well, uh like you said, you know, I'm the recurring guest. I'm the best friend of the show, claiming it, putting it on my Twitter bio right now. <laughs> and uh uh you can refer to me as a first edition Joan Watson. Beautiful. We love it. I put the Joe in Joan Watson.
2: You do. I love that in the LMNOP Discord, your uh, nickname is Joan Watson Centaur Portrait. Because first of all, I love to think about it. But second of all, it means that when I'm going to like at you, I can just write at Joe. And then it auto-completes to the rest of your nickname.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there are. There are other Joes that are harder to add because their, their <laughs> username is not their name, and um, I find that to be quite interesting. Quite interesting, but no, I no, I I, I love you, other Joe, Joe Bulldozer. <laughs> you're cool. Yes, you're cool. You're tall. Don't hurt me.
2: <laughs> it's true. D- did I ever? Did we mention on the podcast that um, Joe and I and like Robin and other of my friends um went to a karaoke night i i don't think so oh yes it was great my roommate was like oh there's karaoke at this cafe that my friend works at like you should come and like invite as many people as you can and i invited a couple people and like a couple more people and joe and um robin and we showed up and there was basically like two other people in the whole cafe. And we're like oh we are the party okay
1: <laughs> ah ah of course you know the old switcheroo
2: mhm it was super fun though joe did um doctor worm is that the wow. name of the song by they might be giants mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. do you know yeah. it no no i but i but honestly it's a they might be giants song i kind of know already how it goes <laughs> well it
2: turns out he's not a real doctor but he is a real worm So speaking of acting, speaking of. Nope. Thought I had something, but I didn't. (laughs) What do you think of this episode? Did you like it?
1: I think this episode was, I thought this episode was good. It's, it's a season finale, obviously, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, it, it didn't really have like the, like the oomph that I think a lot of season finales that I'm used to have. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I did just watch Severance. I did just finish Severance and it ends okay. on the the first season, the only season that exists right now, ends on a huge cliffhanger and I was oh. like super I wasn't like mad, but I was kind of like, well, I should have I could have just waited a year, watched just watched <laughs> just watch this later and now I'm remembering why I don't watch shows that have hype attached to them mm. right away cuz like imagine being one of the first people to watch lost and then you're like god. oh i'm sure this is going somewhere oh my god yeah <laughs> like like yeah. like i like i can't do it like i i i the only the, the the yeah i just yeah i don't think it's gonna ever happen where like i'm gonna go through a show that like has a lot of hype attached attach to it if anything I'm going to go after shows that have no hype to, the, to them. In fact, anti-hype, like, I don't know, Kyle, I don't know, Kyle XY or Secret Life of America Teenager.
2: Where you're watching it and you're like, I hope this doesn't end well. I yeah, hope this doesn't I... end the way the writers want it to.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and, <laughs> and I hope that the gap is filled by overly eager, although, you know, God bless them, teenagers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. what do you think of what do you think of the episode
2: Val oh you're talking about the fan picture writers yes yes those people are great yeah Um, yeah yeah this episode so I just finished watching it to take notes for the podcast so it's hard to know what my feelings are on it because my biggest thing is all I'm thinking about is the very end of the episode where I was like "Ah, what You can't just leave it on that note.
1: Yeah. yeah, And I
2: I feel like this is the beginning of elementary doing this where literally every episode, maybe not every episode, but it seems like every episode to my memory, like the episode concludes and then the last 30 seconds are like a little cliffhanger, a little like tease for what's happening next week that literally if you cut it off would not affect the episode at all and just makes you be like... Now I'm invested in this storyline. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, it's so annoying. I'm, like, contemplating, like, telling people to, like, not, we're not going to talk about the last 30 seconds of the episode because it's so, like, not, I mean, we we have to for this one, but, like, yeah. for other episodes, it's just, like, uh, it's
1: annoying. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit, like, it's a smaller version of the, of what I experienced with Severance, when you know, like, yes, there is the this, there is an element of like cliffhangeriness to the end of the season, mm-hmm. but also the show's over, so you can just satisfy your curiosity for that immediately. Yeah. And when yeah. I first when I first saw this episode, I did. I watched the penultimate episode of season two, then the finale, then the first episode of season three. My gosh! Yeah.
2: Because, but that's the issue that I have is that like when i watch you it on streaming, I then am like, well, now I have to watch the next episode. But if you say that every time, you're staying up until three a.m. for no yeah, reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I just, I can't, I can't marathon like I used to anymore. Mm-mm. You know, like I, I got, I got appointments to make before mm-hmm. noon. Like right. what? Like, like who am I? You know? I know. <laughs> you know? Like, right? It's like, what's next? You have a ki-
2: a kid you have to take care of too. Like,
1: uh, yeah
2: um yeah yeah yeah. i just i every time it happens i want to like write elementary a letter just being like dear elementary i promise that i will keep watching please do not do this anymore (laughs) 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 i know the show's done and my letter wouldn't do anything but
1: yeah yeah yeah. the
2: magical world where tv shows can read my letters and (laughs) respond (laughs)
1: I found the wildest thing on Twitter, actually, when I was doing research for the episode. Oh, yes? Um, I found a Twitter called Elementary Writers. (gasps) It's a Twitter account. I think it's official. There's not, like, a verified tag or or anything on it, but, like, it goes all the way back to 2012, and it's, like, explaining different references and stuff in every episode.
2: What? Oh, my gosh. I will need to check that out. Is it stuff that you would only know if you were a writer, or is it stuff like... This part is a reference to blah 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 that like a very diligent viewer could have figured out.
1: I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both, honestly. Hmm. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna write to them and ask to be part of it as well. Yeah. Just yeah. In this episode, eagle eyed viewers will notice that Joan is pretty.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, pretty Lucy Lou watch, you know, uh-huh. number three hundred and fifty out of three hundred and fifty. Bing, Unbroken Streak. <laughs> yes.
2: LMNOPcast Twitter does get used for that sometimes, to just retweet pictures of Lucy Lou. So if that's something you're, you know, anyone out there is occasionally interested in, then you can check out our Twitter for that. Shall we get into the episode? We shall. Last we left off, Sherlock had busted down the door to Mycroft's hotel suite? Apartment?
1: Yeah, his his flat, his condo his his
2: extended s- stay Hilton room it but a million dollars per night his uh, apple fuck palace <laughs> <laughs> the genius bar <ball. laughs> uh, <laughs> that's where he makes his extremely fancy and uh convoluted cocktails for smart women anyway yeah uh, <laughs> Sherlock had had busted down that door and said well well, Mycroft, you're being framed for murder and treason. And uh, we pick back up right after that. I think I think this starts with Joan being like, what do you mean he's being framed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a classic, like, after the commercial pickup, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Mycroft is like, um, there's no way that that's true because I'm so smart. I would never be framed. So. I've only
1: ever touched my own gun
2: i've only ever touched my own gun mm-hmm. and yeah because sherlock says that there's fingerprints on the uh the murder weapon and we you know we know that it's not my cross gun that was a murder weapon because he's holding it in this scene <laughs> like he yeah. pulls it out and points it at sherlock when he busts in the room um and sherlock is like it would be super easy for a uh, any competent spy to transfer fingerprints from one thing to another. And the fact that you don't know that just speaks to how terrible of a spy you are and how stupid you are.
1: He says, <sighs> he says, if you, if you fail to recognize that it's child's play to transfer fingerprints, you deserve to be framed. God. <laughs> and, 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 Ouch. and yeah. And speaking of guns, I jumped the gun last episode when I said that Mycroft um, says to Sherlock, oh, you're just lying because you wanted to you knew that Joan was here and you mm-hmm. wanted to uh, interrupt us fucking mm-hmm. like, you know, like a like any sensible angel of a person would do. You tried to interrupt us having sex.
2: Right, right, and,
1: right. And Sherlock's like, um, let me own you, actually. And then he grabs, uh, Mycroft's keys, and he says, I like your car. I like the remote, uh, I like the remote start function. And then he activates the remote start function, and Mycroft, we get a top-down shot from the balcony Uh of of Mycroft's car just straight up exploding. (laughs) yes big fireball from the tall vantage point which i don't think i've ever really seen that like usually you see explosions like from the street level like, like yeah like eye level to the explosion but uh i was really impressed with how it looked uh from above it definitely yes it looked very cool it I'm felt more to think documentary was... style <laughs> yeah it felt, it yeah, felt it's like, like not, a, it, it doesn't like fill the screen yeah it felt like do- it felt like found footage
2: I liked this I'm trying to think if I've ever seen This angle of a car exploding before And I don't know if it's because I watched Like burn notice or something Or because I've just seen this episode And remembered it Um, But yeah I I mean such a good I mean such a good illustration of You are being framed Um, Also absolutely Insane parking spot (laughs) (laughs) Just right out In front of the building yeah, uh, there's like nobody parked on either side of him, or like in yeah. front or behind him. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, wild, very wild.
2: <laughs> so um, he continues to like not believe it. Uh, I mean, the car thing sways him, but uh, Sherlock also gets the dig in. Of did MI six when MI six brought you on, did they say you'd be an asset or an ass? <laughs> oh. Oh so he he clearly like took our note about the license to annoy thing and has been like workshopping in the shower like <laughs> oh, yeah are like good spy words I can
1: use to At- oh asset of course <laughs> path <laughs> Patrick Wilson you know like, <laughs> you know it's it's like it's like it's oh, like God. once you get once you get there, like you know you're there, you know you're yes just, like.
2: Patrick yeah. Wilson, of course, a revelation that we came to in Zero to Zero. We're currently talking about uh, Watchmen, and it took us about 10 minutes to come up with a butt-related nickname for Patrick Wilson.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because you would not be able to release an episode where the best joke that you could make in that moment was Posterior Wilson. <laughs> Poop shoot Wilson was, I think, the worst one. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and we all three of us,
2: I think, uh, first thought of butt-trick Wilson yeah yeah which is just it's it's too close yeah you know just sounds like you you know had a cold while you were saying it or something anyway
0: yeah
2: listen to zero to zero for more butt stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway uh so Sherlock is like okay so let's go out of here because unless you like really want to get killed and they go to a safe house or, like, a location that Sherlock has
1: on deck. Yeah, um, not not exactly what I would call a safe house.
2: Not a safe house, because, yeah. I was thinking, because he does have safe houses, but this one he just... This is a, a library that Miss Hudson is maintaining while one of her, um, like, paramours or whoever is, like what was he he was gonna donate it to something but he didn't like to some college but he didn't like
1: their take on greek history or something he was gonna donate to columbia university where it's like local references for local people i guess (laughs) it's just i don't know it's just it just seems so weird it's like is that gonna come up later or what but like yeah you know sherlock being sherlock knowing that you know um Mycroft is definitely the kind of person who wouldn't necessarily take advantage of the surroundings puts him in a giant library so that he can work out maybe his brain a little bit more um, <laughs> and and yeah, and that's when we get the we get the line don't touch any of the first editions or miss Watson <laughs> yeah. and i and i and I was like when I saw this episode for the first time, I was like, it's weird for you to say that because it's like. Don't touch any of these items, and also this other item. Right? Who's, that, who's actually a human being? He's my friend.
2: Right? Not not like don't touch any of the first editions or each other, but just that like yeah, their makeout sessions are just Jones standing there and Mycroft like. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I think it's a two way street.
1: Pretty sure it's a two way street. It's it's even more strange when um, when Sherlock leaves. He says. Uh, feel free to continue (sighs) your rutting like come on dude which i didn't
2: i didn't realize the first time i watched it but is fully slang for fucking
1: fully slang for fucking
0: who
2: says that even like even a really supportive person i feel like wouldn't be like okay have fun having sex in my friend's library like
1: you know it's the classic double bind where like sherlock knows that he has to respect joan watson's choices mm-hmm. but doesn't really want to and so he, it's like he it's so it's like this like weird thing that happens where you try and like end on a joke because you feel like you've made things too <laughs> awkward uh-huh. but you but your joke ends up being incredibly tone deaf it's and, yeah. and so as sherlock's leaving he's like ah, i i you know like like they're all probably on edge so let me just try and lighten the mood Oh, feel free to continue your running. But also he says it like with a scowl. As yeah, well. he's like annoyed. Yeah.
0: Just... Yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah. Like as he's leaving, he's like, use a condom or don't uh, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't mention it. Don't bring it uh, up. God. Uh, yeah. He's in the conundrum of, of wanting to be respectful to Joan, but needing to be disrespectful to his brother as much as possible.
1: Um Yeah, but before he leaves he actually mm-hmm. tells Mycroft, um, you know, I told MI6 that your fingerprints were on the gun mm-hmm. and I told them that you're the mole. Yes. And Mycroft's like, yo, what the fuck, bro?
2: <laughs> That's the specific
1: thing we didn't want to happen. <laughs> and then and then um and then uh Sherlock says the reason why I've told MI6 this is because I want to be in their good graces Mm -hmm. so that I can find the actual mole.
2: Right. Because the actual mole is, is someone in MI6. So yeah. So they need to think that the jig is not up yet and he's gonna. Yeah.
1: Mycroft says, do you really think that they'll believe that you want to work with them to find me?
2: That I hate my brother. Yeah. I think I
1: can convince them of that. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I, I'll try and dig deep," he says. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, yeah. You little, it's
1: like you little bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up, Sherlock. He's such a shit stain. He's yeah. he's such a little brother in this episode. I feel uh, like until yeah. like the the third act of the do do episodes have acts? Whatever, the third sure. third of it. Yeah. You know,
1: um, this episode of P will have th- three acts. We'll have three acts. Yeah. Who's the third act?
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, 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 I'm going to sing my
2: song And then you're going to do your juggling thing And then somebody else
1: is coming on And then we do the third act Which is when we both do it together (gasps) at the same time At the same time Amazing Yes Because
2: one plus two is number three Three, yep I knew that too And I was... (laughs) letting you answer it um (laughs) uh yeah so so anyway yeah he's being a little brother um yeah then he's like okay so i actually talked to mi6 and i'm meeting them right now to go do that so yeah he says go enjoy your running and then uh he comes
1: in and he's like oh excuse me it's my first cabal (laughs) another (laughs) great another great thing to say in front of a bunch of fucking goons yeah
2: yeah and the the camera pans over and it's just like 10 british men like standing in kind of a lionish clump of
1: 10 old british white guys Uh uh-huh
2: exactly who you picture when you hear the word cabal is here if you're if
1: you're not extremely online (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, may- and maybe a little fucking anti-Semitic, <laughs> <laughs> right? 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 Um, yeah. So,
2: so they're like, um, "Thank you so much for telling us that Mycroft is the mole, but you are still his brother." So you we don't can't, have like clearance. We can't give you all the info about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're like, "Can't you just like detective at it?" And he's like, "I need in- I need information to do that." Like. <laughs> Yeah. data uh, so they're like sorry but um we can't give you anything but if you find anything like let us know I think or like he says like if I find he, anything I'll, I'll come to you
1: yeah he says that he says I understand that you know uh, nobody wants to find mycroft more than I do mm-hmm. and I understand that you don't want me to work with you but if I do find anything if I do ascertain the whereabouts of my brother uh-huh the agency will be the first to know a mm-hmm. thing that like that, like, even, even in the scene, I couldn't believe she- uh, hearing Sherlock say, because <laughs> it's like, because it's like, he must think that MI6 are, like, removed enough from his, like, circle, from, like, his, like, monitoring of his life. Mm-hmm. Although there is something that kind of, like, fucks that up a little bit later. Oh, wait, no, actually, in this scene, um one of them says, Mycroft has taken to betting your partner. Ooh. Yeah, because oh, he
2: suggests that maybe a woman led Mycroft to, tra- to being a traitor.
1: Yes, and so, and so he, they say, oh, but we hear that he's sleeping with your, your partner. First uh-huh. of all, how do they even know that? He was doing that last night. Why do you not know where he is now? right right exactly so and and also if you knew that he was doing it and that he was doing it at his home like you know i think that like sherlock doesn't make a face there he doesn't tell at all that like this is a really weird piece of information for the mi6 guys to know yeah um but i think that that definitely is the thing where like if i was sherlock i would think wait how the fuck do you know that wait when yeah like, like, so maybe in that situation, he knew that it was the best opportunity not to pry because he knew for sure that the mole was one of the people in that room who told, um, I believe it was, um, I believe it was Sir James Walter who said, like, mm-hmm. we heard he's sleeping with your, your partner. Yeah. Whore- that one of them, including Sherrington, may have told Walter, hey, you know, like, this is happening. Yeah. Could As have been of, any... Like, <laughs> A few hours ago.
2: Yeah. Could have been anyone. Could have been the one named character. Could have been any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is weird because, like, I feel like it's kind of usually taken for granted that, like, characters in shows or whatever, characters in media kind of understand how other characters feel about each other.
0: Yeah. But
2: but that is a relatively recent thing that, like, because I guess, I mean, Jono and Mycroft, hooked up in london so maybe they knew then but like they said he's recently like in new york and that was like the second time i'm yeah. pretty sure the, yeah. so anyway yeah it doesn't i mean it doesn't come up as a like a clue or anything it's just an interesting thing to have noticed um uh, yeah, yeah why do they sure. know that mm. and if they do that does that mean they were fine like does that mean the mole was fine with joan exploding in mycroft's car like how'd she get there He gonna drop her off at home
1: no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. So. Very strange. Very very, very strange. strange.
2: Now back at the ba- brownstone, Mycroft is pondering. He's contemplating and pondering, and he's like holding. He's like doing that thing where he's holding a glass of alcohol, and he's just like thinking well, stuff. This is at
1: the, this is at the library. It's not at the brownstone. Oh, sorry. Yes, at the the library. Yeah. The library. The brown he, library made of stone. Yeah. The, yeah. The brown library <laughs> made of stone. He says while. Well, um... Is he fondling, like, a glass of something at the moment? Mm-hmm. He says, <clears throat> and uh, he says, he has no ambition and no energy. He will not even go out of his way to verify his own solutions. He would rather be considered wrong than go through the trouble of proving himself right. That is Mycroft Holmes mm-hmm. quoting Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. age 15 when Sherlock was talking to his dad. Yep.
2: Yes. Wow. So that that's a highly detailed memory <laughs> to remember. <laughs>
1: hurt. to remember that kind of thing for well, Sherlock's fifteen. Let's say he's like thirty-six here. Twenty twenty years he remembers. Yeah, that. yeah. And 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 uh, uh, a trivia note for all you uh, uh, Sherlock heads out there is that mm-hmm. the quote that Mycroft like attributes to Sherlock is actually something. That Sherlock says to Watson about Mycroft (gasps) in a book in in a in a in a story called "The Adventure of the Greek Interpreter."
2: What? Oh my God, Uh, that's awesome! Yeah, wait, that's so great! Yeah, Yeah. they're always doing that. These elementary writers—they're always putting in little tidbits.
1: Exactly, and 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 it's a shame that that, uh, it's a shame that um, within the parameters of like the Doyle estate, there's like this weird and kind of fucked up like no litigi- nice Sherlock yeah like litigious elements to it because like mm-hmm. there are parts of Doyle's original stories that are interesting and like worth exploring but also could use some modern nuance yeah. and, the f- and the fact that it's like these people who run this estate who are just like desperate for any kind of like settlement or money that they can squeeze out of um Arthur Conan Doyle's like work is kind of fucked up and yeah maybe points to something sh- Possibly having to change with, well, with uh, like not maybe it's not at the top of the list, but maybe copyright law and how mm. and how copyright is interpreted.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything insightful to add to that, but it's definitely true. I mean, Sherlock is a public domain character at this point. Yeah, and yet yeah. he's not.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet there's somebody who, out there who's trying to fight against the public and their yeah. right to own narratives and stories
2: yeah yeah um
1: <laughs> but Watson so then, says Watson says something weird after Mycroft says this quote, uh-huh he says when mycroft says like Sherlock said that to my dad when he was fifteen, mm-hmm. and I think Watson says like, ah oh, typical fifteen year olds or, 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 or <laughs> she's or like i can't I can't even imagine him at fifteen oh. <laughs> just put a a
2: wig on Johnny Lee Miller and airbrush out some of the wrinkles. That's what he looked like.
1: Just move that move that hairline just like a little bit forward. Just have you ever seen train
2: spotting, Joan? He kind of looked like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh and mycroft is like he's right. I'm a fail son. Like I could have done something <laughs> in the in business like my father or I could have been a detective like my brother yeah. or I could have been a third thing but I wasn't. <laughs> and Joan is like you're not a failure. You have like multiple successful restaurants which i mean he's super rich so the odds are in his favor a little bit but like restaurants do have a very high failure rate so
0: yeah that's not
2: nothing you know it's not like she's like you're not a failure you have three etsy stores you (laughs) know like he has done something with his life
1: but you have three etsy stores babe you're so good at manipulating the seo (laughs)
2: yes you're always the top of the search results Hey, listen, hey, hey, funny
1: cringe coasters. (laughs) Hey, listen, do you think that those do you think that those videos of Elsa and Spider-Man would end up on YouTube without you on there? (laughs) Someone had to do it and you were the person who did it. So you're not a failure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do you think those drama YouTube videos would have been uploaded by themselves? No. Do you think people click on those because of the thumbnails?
2: And the all caps titles? No, it's you, babe. You know the algo like nobody else. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she's like, "You're not a failure. You've done so much, and and you did so much for your country." And he's like, "Uh, yeah. Look how good I am at that." Um, but uh, I think that's like basically the end of the con- conversation. He's like, yeah.
1: Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she bigs him up a little bit, and you know you know that's basically the end of the scene and Mm -hmm. i think we cut to uh uh watson joining sherlock on stakeout oh yes stakeout
2: this is an interesting unresolved issue um yeah sherlock is sitting in a car watching the location that they're staking out is the the bookstore that uh julia afkani uh owns that like arthur west was looking into because he was sure it was a front and it's either like a really good front or it's just a bookstore um (laughs) yeah and he so he yeah he's sitting in the car she joins him in there he explains what's going on which i think he just is basically like with no info from mi6 like i just went to the next lead that i had basically um and she's like okay but why did you rent a car and (laughs) he's like i didn't I just needed somewhere to sit.
1: <laughs> She's like, you stole a car. He broke. He broke into a car. He's and like, he so says, anyway,
2: how's Minecraft?
1: <laughs> yeah, he says. He says this was the best vantage point. Uh huh. I'm
2: sure just, the driver will be fine with that when they come out. It's like, it's like, hey, a pretty woman was sitting in my car. Hey, what the hell? <laughs> One long black hair that looks like that looks like Lucy Lou's curl pattern. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, so anyway, there, uh, Sherlock is like, why have you changed your mind on Mycroft? What happened? Joan is like, how is your meeting with MI6? Um, so she's avoiding the topic because she doesn't (laughs) want to say, um, it was an interesting plot moment for me to change my mind
1: immediately. Yeah. 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 It, It was, it's weird because it feels like by her asking Sherlock, like, oh, how's MI6? It's like, okay. Like. It feels like she's trying to equivalent, like 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 like, equivalent like him working with MI six and her being with Mycroft as like they're kind of like at odds with each other a little bit, but as it, but I think what she's trying to do is she's trying to throw in like like she's trying to refocus Sherlock's attention at to MI six and to yeah. like, the thing at hand because yeah she, I think maybe Joan feels like maybe like in the back of her head she thinks like. Sherlock and Mycroft don't really get along. And would Sherlock be willing to throw Mycroft to the dogs um, as a convenient way to get rid of him and also get him out of her life?
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do think it's it's her um, kind of bringing him back into something that they're on the same side of. So, yeah, let's not talk about the thing that you don't like about what I just did. Like, let's just focus on the thing we're doing together. You know, yeah. What did we learn? Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Yeah, they don't really ever, it seems like there isn't a serious threat, or no one perceives a serious threat of Sherlock, like, genuinely thinking that, or, like, genuinely planning against Mycroft, or, you know, there isn't really ever a moment of, like, but
1: you're not really going to turn me in, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very, um, it's very strange. I think I think it's mostly because um, Mycroft doesn't really know his brother as a liar, he knows him as somebody who is like f- honest to a fault, really. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. But I think Joan, she's just, I think, I think Joan's just a little bit more on edge because she has made this sleep and like the, now her relationship with Bycroft is like cemented in Sherlock's mind. And so mm-hmm. she doesn't really know where his mind's at. So, so yeah, it's a little bit of an interesting sort of like, re- like, re- like Uno reverse card moment where it's like, well, you know, how, well, how is your meeting with MI6? <laughs> right. And and when she does ask him that, he says, he it went dreadfully. They don't want to work with me. Uh-huh. And and so, yeah, so um, Julian Afkami closes up his bookstore mm-hmm. and uh, they wait for him to get about Maybe two meters away from the door before they leave the car and start heading over to the bookstore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I always thought I always thought that that was kind of funny, like in like movies or shows where like someone leaves immediately and then like immediately you have to get out of the car and like go to the location.
2: Right? Like he's he's just out of frame. He's not. <laughs> he can <laughs> yeah, see you yeah. guys making a beeline to the door he just
1: locked. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they, that yeah, they're really yeah. They they go into the bookstore and they have like their little flashlights out and their gloves and they're looking around and mm-hmm. they're still kind of bickering at each other and um, Sherlock finds um, this like like a surge protector power bar kind of thing. It's it's like mm-hmm. a it's like an extension cord with like a platform with like multiple three prong outlets on it. Mm-hmm. And he notices that it's completely empty, despite the fact that there's like a ton of things nearby that could be plugged into the power surge protector. Yeah, And so he's like, this is suspicious as hell. So yes. he picks it up and he opens it up and there's computer parts inside. Oh, shit. And he, and he says, this isn't a surge protector. It's a scrambler. It's a scramble. And, and I looked up this technology because I was like, how, how real? How real this? Mm-hmm. And uh, as it turns out, it's it's pretty rudimentary. But like you know, generally speaking, it's 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 allowed. Um, there's two different kinds of like technology that's used to disrupt transmissions. There's a um, jammer, and then there's a scrambler.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, a jammer is like no cell phone use or radio transmissions in mm-hmm. an area. And then a scrambler is like a way for you to encrypt like communications. Yeah. And so so Sherlock know- Like a knows, spy would use. Exactly. So we have evidence that Julian Afkami is a spy mm-hmm. or has spy connections. And so mm-hmm. a fun fact actually, I looked it up. Yes. Do you know that the only that that cell phone jammers are generally basically illegal everywhere? Except oh. for use except for use by police, you know, obviously. But there was one civilian application that was proposed in france where do you think that that was where would you put a place where 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 is a place where you think that it might be advantageous to stop cell phone calls and radio transmissions from entering movie theater exactly
2: oh my god
1: i was gonna guess museum but whatever yeah yeah movie theater it's more pointed you can't be talking at all in the movies and you know after my last few experiences in movie theaters i am I'm in favor of it. Yeah, let's let's roll yeah. out the let's roll out the oppressive technology on that one, because you know if I if I have to hear one more person answer a phone call, um in a, in a I have a never thing,
2: I've never heard that that's never <laughs> happened
1: near me. Oh, you're you're very lucky. You're very very lucky.
2: I could not imagine. I mean, because you're either you're you're either getting a surprise phone call, which there's no like there are very few calls that are that important that you have to answer them yeah. or you're walking into a movie theater, knowing that someone might call you and you might have to leave. And you're just like, I'll watch until the- they call what? No.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's happened to me multiple times, but I think w- what the, the unifying factor between all of them is, is that uh, it was me and like, Maybe like three other people in the theater. <sighs> so, so maybe the person thought that they were alone. But like, did they fully I, take the call? In yeah, the theater? fully. I fully taken the call. I've heard a full phone conversation. Oh well, once I well god. once I have a phone conversation, and it was not the most PG conversation. Oh I've my ever god! Heard. Yeah, it was. Um, it was bad. I, I I I can't remember all the details, but I remember. At one point hearing, well, if you're going to fuck around and <laughs> if you're going to fuck around and uh, and and um and play with my emotions like this, then you can just get the fuck out.
2: Oh, my God. Sitting Gu- in Guardians of the Galaxy too, just <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you're gonna
2: break my heart and sleep with my brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, just just just. Yeah, just wow.
2: Oh, my God. That's. I wasn't even, even in the like terrible version of this that I was imagining, it was still somebody uh, getting a call, answering it and getting up and leaving immediately. Yeah. And you just hear them as they like leisurely walk out. Oh my God. I could never have a personal phone call in the movie that are, anyway, hopefully they thought they were alone and, you know, hopefully they're not mad that we just aired their dirty laundry, but you know, good for you king queen or otherwise who stood up for yourself and your emotions <laughs> yeah yeah you know um yeah wow uh yeah. The, you also said you mentioned uh they were bickering in the bookstore before they found the thing the the main crux of the argument is joan is like oh you're mad at me for moving out and sherlock's is like i'm not mad i'm disappointed you're an unformed detective so mm. your training is lacking mm. you know he's like you shouldn't be jumping out of the nest yet I, yeah. I shouldn't be pushing you out of the nest. So yeah. um, interesting perspective. So yeah, they they get the surge protector and everything. And they go back to the library to show to tell Mycroft all about it. Yeah. And they're like, look what we got, Mycroft. Just like the arm stuff, more data that we don't know what it is. We're, we're doing it. Um, <laughs> so useful. But uh, he actually does the the metadata from the scrambler is not scrambled. So you can still see where the calls were coming from and going to. So even if Mm -hmm. you couldn't, even if they can't like listen in on the calls or even if uh, Arthur West couldn't listen in on the calls, he at least had that data of like Julian Afkani is getting a call from great Britain, blah, blah, blah. And they line up the data from the phone calls to the dates on his arms. And they're they're like these are, you know, these are the important calls that must have been from the spy, and where they were, and Mycroft is looking over the list, and he's like, Rome in J- in January, Sydney in July, I am the mole. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was in all of those places at those times. Me?
1: I? 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 I dialed a mole? <laughs> Can you, can I, can we just like put aside like the, the very weird mystery unfolding and just think about the cost of international calls Oh my god! that this guy must be racking up?
2: I know. I mean, how does, like, does MI6 just have an unlimited plan that like they all get <laughs> where they're like, they're, nobody, like his boss isn't pulling the mole into his office being like, what the fuck are these charges?
1: You yeah, Mycroft, on,
2: blah, 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 and, you know, like, them being like, well, that was the contact I had.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mycroft's, like, in the middle of, like, downtown Sydney, Australia, and he's got a phone uh, up to his ear, and he says, can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Julian Afkami says, yes. <laughs> yeah. The other side um, of the world.
1: Oh, my God. Oh my I, 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 the best thing, I, the thing I love so much about the uh, Can You Hear Me Now guy is that he... <laughs> Like the like the the actor Paul uh, Maccarelli, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: he did these like ads for Verizon, uh-huh. and he's like, okay, like this is the whole thing, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then later he gets a call from T Mobile, and he's like, and they're like, yes! do you want do you want to do it again? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool.
2: Right. He's like, he gets the Verizon one, and he's like, this is my big break, and then. He doesn't get any more gigs. He's just the phone guy. And then another... I mean, the man is... The man pulled an Energizer bunny.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Amazing. It's so funny. Just... just yeah. You know the story it, of the Energizer bunny, right? I, I guess not the full story. Well, just... So, the, the
2: mascot of the bunny... Hello, I'm editing. And I looked this up. I actually misremembered this. Uh, Duracell made a ad in the 70s that was like two battery operated you know pink bunnies and one of them died and the other one is still going because it's Duracell so then in 1988 Energizer parodied it and Duracell couldn't stop them because if they had filed a trademark on it it had lapsed by 1988 and then when the parody became a successful advertisement on its own Energizer trademarked it Duracell decided to revive their old campaign with the pink bunnies and filed for its own trademark, and they had this whole settlement out of court where Energizer and its bunny took exclusive trademark rights in the United States and Canada, and Duracell with its bunny took exclusive rights in all other places in the world. So, like, outside of the US? In Europe and Australia, the people say Duracell bunny instead of Energizer bunny. uh... Anyway, back to the episode. Sorry for telling you an incorrect fact, Joe. Wow.
1: So wild to think about. Anyway,
2: Mycroft saying, Mycroft being like, this is where I've been all these places. They're like, okay, so it's the other guy who's in all the locations that you're in. It's his handler. And Sherlock says, you know, like, you probably were framed because you're in the same places as, you know, at those times as the mole. So it must be Sherrington. Yeah
1: yeah and this is like fifteen minutes in mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it' so so the first the first third of the uh, the episode we learned that it's sherrington mystery solved, yeah, he and Julian were in contact, mm-hmm. and the only thing that we don't know is um lying, and yeah. now we and now there's this like element where it's like shifted from mystery to action, cat and mouse tactics because like. Mm-hmm. How are they gonna now, get Mycroft out of this? How are they gonna get Mycroft out of this? How are they gonna expose sherrington? and mm-hmm. then how do and then how do they go ahead and like avoid sherrington finding out about them and, that they know and coming after them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after hearing the revelation that sherrington is almost definitely certainly the mole, for sure hundred mm-hmm. percent, we zoom back that uh, uh, to the brownstone. And yeah, there's a, there's a very interesting thing that happens in the scene where um, Sherlock receives a phone call from Sherrington. Yes. Our mole, our little mole man, our Hans mole man calls Sherlock and says, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm fucking dying here. I need to any kind of information you can give me, please. I'm so desperate. Yes. Let me know if you know who the mole is. And he's like, (laughs) and it's like, it's definitely interesting because throughout the episode, we kind of have this like. Under, we come to this like new understanding of Sherrington, where uh-huh. where we don't know like in the penultimate episode what he did that he was doing on orders or what he was doing on secret double agent business, right? So, um, you know, it's it's weird. Like like when this scene happened, it just sort of like threw me back to the scene where, um, you know, Sherlock. Is with the cabal and says, like, you know, I will give uh, uh, any information I have as as soon as I as soon as I have it. Right. Mm -hmm. Did he know in that moment that if there was a mole in that room with him, that they would be the first ones to try and contact him?
2: That's a good that's a good thought. Yeah.
1: I think maybe what would have made the episode a little bit stronger is if another person who we hadn't met before um, mm. who was in the MI6 inner circle called Sherlock at this moment. A red herring. Exactly. Like, that's exactly why I think this episode needed was someone who, like you, who, someone who wasn't, like you mentioned, like the only other named character <laughs> in the credits that we yeah. haven't met yet. And so, so yeah, I feel like that was kind of interesting. So yeah, um, um. Yeah, cause it was kind
2: of, it was like. They didn't even really ask Mycroft, like, oh, you know, who else were you in contact with at these locations? It was just like, oh, it's the one guy that you deal with.
1: Yeah. And and Mycroft um, says it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that it's my handler because my handler brought you on. He mu mm-hmm. he and he thinks that you're so cool so much cooler than I am, so what's up with that <laughs> right and then Sherlock deduces well he 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 wasn't doing it of his own volition, he was doing yeah. it at the behest of Sir Walter, which I think yes. is interesting because like yes, um, yes, sherrington is mycroft's handler, but also Sir Walter's in New York right now, like he could have also been at those locations, like why isn't it like? Like, yeah. why isn't, like, why isn't there an, a, a mode of doubt in Sherlock's mind that maybe it's Sir Walter himself who's also, who may be the mole? Is it
2: just because... That is, it just, is a good question, yeah.
1: Yeah, is it just because, like, yeah, is it just because, like, there was, like, you know, like, we, could, we can't really have any more mysteries this episode and we gotta speed <laughs> things along or, you know, is Sherlock just, yeah. just that good, you know?
2: There's definitely, yeah, there's, like, there is no mystery, basically, like there's like a challenge at the beginning of them being like, oh, I don't know what this means, and then they're like, oh, we did some more work and we figured out what it means, and then it's nothing that the like the audience could have try kind of tried to piece together or anything. So just very obvious. Um, not a big not a big mystery this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So he is at the you know evidence table in the brownstone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, so in the call to Sherrington, he's like, "Oh yeah, we're, uh, we think maybe Mycroft like stole from my dad's charities or something. I don't know. Yeah, we're working on it. We'll tell you as soon as we know anything. But we're just like we, you know, we're so confused too." And Joan comes in and she's like, "All right, like, what do you got? What what are you looking at?" And Sherlock, Sherlock's like, "Um, you actually have to leave because you yeah. want to move out. Yeah. So we yeah. have to practice now. You have to, it, you know, I need to get used to not being able to collaborate with you in the evenings." So I'd like to start as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, Thank which you. is which is a big like uh, like a big like you know every time these two like like talk to each other like this, I feel like I'm a friend who's at a who's at like a couple's house and they're having an <sighs> argument, Uh-huh. and I'm just on the couch and like the leather of the couch is so loud because I can hear <laughs> I can hear my I like I can hear the sweat like drip down my face <laughs> just, just because like it's the, the the air is so tense you know yes, <laughs> and, yes. It, and it's just like well okay well uh, how about we play some Parcheesi huh
2: <laughs> yeah what is it Jesse says in Breaking Bad he's like this lasagna is dope
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo yeah. yo yo Mrs. W your fucking coffee is so dope <laughs> it's, it's delicious yeah so
2: yeah um We're just awkwardly sitting to the side, commenting on um, the decor of the brownstone as Sherlock and Joan. Because Joan just uh, kind of, like, takes this and is just like, okay. And just, uh, and leaves. Yeah. And she goes to sleep. And in a strange change of pace, I guess Sherlock is also getting used to not being able to wake Joan up whenever he wants. Yeah. She wakes up like... At a leisurely time.
1: And she becomes, uh, yeah, she comes out, she wakes up at a leisurely time, but she also becomes E.T.
2: Yes. Yeah. She has a Hansel and Gretel moment. Yeah. How is she E.T.? You
1: you know, there's a very famous scene in the movie E.T. Oh, the Reese's Pieces, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or as
1: I used to call them for the first uh, 22 years of my life, Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. It just, it does feel easy to say. I it's mean, I, I, could, I could have been said Rice's Pisces.
2: <laughs> you could just say Reince Priebus. Like, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I said Reese's Pisces for a while, but I also, like, a couple of years ago, trained myself to stop saying Joanne's because the store is technically called Joanne Fabrics. So I just say uh, Joanne now,
1: oh,
2: which yeah. just doesn't feel right. Yeah, like even I, though it's like correct.
1: Like I want to, I want a friend named Joanne, and I want to go over and and hang out with her and and steal fabrics from her.
2: Yes. Let Rifle me go through her fabric and button collections.
1: Let me go over to my friend Joanne's, steal some fabrics, and then I'm going to go over to her neighbor Michael, and I'm going to uh-huh. steal from him. Yes. And then finally, how else are you going to get ribbon,
2: hot glue, weird decor, frames, frames of all sizes generic posters? Yeah. That that's why Joanne's should be called Joanne's, but it's called Joanne. And um, another Jupiter shout out. We're going to Joanne Fabrics tomorrow and Jupiter said to me today, so we're doing Joanne
1: tomorrow, right? <laughs> I was like, "Hey, you can't say it like that." Uh yeah, yeah, we're going to tag Team Joanne tomorrow, right? That, that's what it
2: sounds like, right? Gonna, they accuse gonna, me
1: of We're going to like they I, accuse me of being Horny yeah. for hearing it that way. <coughs> We're going to Eiffel Tower Joanne tomorrow, right?
2: <laughs> Not the fabric lady. Do you know when the store originally opened up? It was, uh, they sold fabric and cheese.
1: <laughs> and at a certain point they nixed the cheese. I want to know, was it a hard decision to choose one <laughs> over the other? Were there factions? And- was there a civil war? Was there a subterfuge? Was there double agent- shit it's is like you there now
2: a is there now a store called and cheese because
1: the place used to be called joanne fabric and cheese oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna write a script called by hook or by crook the story of joanne's fabric and che- fabrics and cheese Yes. And I'm, going yes. To, and I'm going to make absolutely no money because nobody is going to be brave enough to tell the story about <laughs> Joanne's fabric and cheese.
2: There needs to be a, a heated scene between two executives like in one of their offices being like, one of them being like, you know what we have to do. We have to cut the cheese. And the other <laughs> person being like, we will never cut the cheese.
1: I hate you. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill you.
0: Like, like, I will destroy you.
1: <laughs> oh my god. And it's, and it's like it's like the, I'm just imagining like the chapter titles in the DVD uh-huh. menu and like one of them's uh-huh. called the mouse trap and the other <gasps> one's called like like cutting yeah. it close, just like <laughs> threading the needle.
2: <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh my god. I checked the validity of this claim while editing also. Per fundinguniverse.com, the chain was founded in 1943 by two German immigrant families, the Rohrbachs and the Reichs. The Reichs had an importing business dealing in Swiss cheese, anchovy paste, and pickles, and they invited their friends to start selling fabric in their suburban Cleveland storefront. I don't know when they stopped being a general purpose store and went just to fabric, but I would like to see Joe's dramatic docuseries about it.
1: So yeah, um, (laughs) Joan Watson (laughs) picks up these, like, flashcards, because, you know...
2: Yeah, there's a little trail of Reese's, PC's, index cards with dates and news events on them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Just like they sell at Joanne Fabrics.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Just how we got on that topic.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, and then, yeah, so there were, like, I think it was, like, events that specifically benefited Iran... Which like mm-hmm. okay yeah you, know, you know weird thing to like Google search but all right don't know how you like que- yeah. que- key that up but all right but to- they
2: were they were also like news events that happened within a couple days
1: of the calls yeah yeah so yeah um, basically they deduced that Sherrington provided like information to his confidant mm-hmm. Julian to basically like make sure that these events happened not unlike sherlock when he was conscripted by uh Saddam Hussein.
2: uh i think it's actually the opposite i think he was oh. he was tipping them off oh. so that things didn't happen but then there is one yeah um because so basically the one that they talk about here is britain tried to do like their own stuxnet virus attack um, on Iranian nuclear plants or something, and uh, the bug was discovered before it did any damage, and it was foiled. Right, right. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, But there's one conversation that does not have a news event, does not have an international incident or avoidance of international incident um, connected to it, which is the most recent one. Yes, Um, yes. March 5th. March fifth, today's date. No, um, <laughs> I like to sometimes throw people off about when we record these
1: episodes, even though I say in the Discord, "I'm recording right now." <laughs> oh yeah, that reminds me. I have to, um, I have to go and watch. Uh, I have to, I have to. We have to wrap up a little bit early because I have to vote mm-hmm. in the November 2016 election tomorrow.
2: Okay, excellent, excellent. You know who to vote for, right? Yep.
1: We'll say that. <laughs> every sorry every time i think of joe biden i think of that time on my brother wait
2: that's wrong he ran in 2020 not
1: 2016 <laughs> I, but there was no law that said you couldn't vote for him i mean i can't vote for him because i can't vote in your elections oh but, but um listen i i every time i think about joe biden Mm-hmm. I think of a lot of things, but the one thing that definitely comes to my mind is um, the episode of my brother, my brother and me, where mm-hmm. Griffin forgets <laughs> his name, and he calls him Joey Bag of Donuts, oh which my God. which I call which I call everybody who I can't remember the name of. I can't remember their last oh, yes. name. So when I think of like, um, oh, uh, um, oh, 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 uh, you know, Jake. Jake Bag of Donuts, what's his name? uh, you know, like, like yeah, like it's definitely one of those things where I'm like it's 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 kind of like infected my brain a little bit.
2: Joey Bag of Donuts is actually a pretty old term for like what's his face type name really? because um my dad, when I was like eleven, was showing me how to sign up for something on the computer and was like, and then you can put your name in here and let's, we'll just put Joe bag of Donuts. <laughs> and I thought he had, was making that up. Oh, but it wow. turns out,
1: multiple people have thought that about their dads. <laughs> Holy cannoli! That's... Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's so interesting. Joey bag of donuts seems like such a. I'm sorry to stereotype, but like such a northeastern, like <laughs> like like thing. Like, hey, it's Joey bag of donuts over here.
2: That is, I think I yeah I just googled it and Urban Dictionary or whatever the first result was said, it was kind of like a play on like mafia names, or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's also my cousin, Joey <laughs> bag of donuts. Um, sure. terrible guy, <laughs> absolutely vile personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, um, there's still the one news event missing.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, in the timeline. So anyway, they're still trying to figure out. Yeah that last event and then they get a call or sherlock gets a call yeah and he's like uh hello gregson how you doing okay yeah i'll be right in and um he's like yeah so i think gregson heard about me like aiding and abetting a fugitive or whatever uh and he goes into the police station yeah did anything strike you about captain gregson's face (sighs) in this shot because um, they, it cuts to the police station, just like kind of a close up of like him looking at Sherlock, like mean mugging Sherlock.
1: Um, not really like like not off the top of my head. Why? Was there something that you noticed?
2: Yeah, it kind of I mean, especially talking about American elections, kind of looked like Aiden Quinn's impression of Alec Baldwin's impression of Trump. <laughs> like he's just doing duck lips for some reason.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what Gregson's deal is. Sometimes it feels like um it, it feels like Aiden's like like being given different notes from different producers on what to do <laughs> uh-huh. or how to present it, like Gregson he in is, a scene.
2: Yes. That guy is either just a total buffoon or like the greatest actor who's ever lived because <laughs> Either Gregson is supposed to be like a normal guy and this is his like, closest approximation to it. Or he's developed a very specific character for Gregson and the things that he th- says differently that we think are mispronounced are actually how like a real police captain would say it. Or like maybe police captains love to say the letters of stuff. You know, like they're always saying "ICE" instead of whatever.
1: Instead of ice, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so weird. It's, it's, yeah, it's like like Aiden plays Gregson, like how I play um, a D and D character that I've thought about like super last minute and don't and don't really have like the tone down for. You know, like 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 one of my D and D characters was like uh, a half druid, half barbarian. Like, ha- like, like half giant. who okay. Who's like, his whole shtick was that he was just like super dark and brooding and like goth and like he, like he wore corpse paint and he like was super intense mm-hmm. and metal and stuff. But mm-hmm. the, the only thing that drove his entire, his every action was that he really wanted to start a family. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. So, trying to play this character who is, like, a super intense, super, like, um, like who came from, like, a really hard backstory, had a really tough upbringing, mm-hmm. be also, like, looking for love is, like, <laughs> it's an interesting challenge, like, like roleplay-wise, yeah. but it's not great for a character who's on TV every week. He,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, something about his line reads are always... Just something a little different about Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> we need to
0: much talk about Much respect to Mr.
2: Quinn, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about anybody else as much as we talk about him. Um, yeah. Well, that's not entirely true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, of course, it's exactly what we think it is. Um, yeah. Captain is like, so we discovered the craziest thing. Yeah. Um, we found those prints on that gun. And uh, in other TV shows, they say APHIS. (laughs) Captain says uh, the prints were not in AFIS.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe that's how they say it. I don't know. And he says, but Marcus, being the exemplary investigator that he is, dug more into it and reached out to some people at Scotland Yard or like whatever. And Marcus shows a a sheet of the prints. He's like, 30 years ago, British teen got picked up for pot. Mycroft Homes. Boom! This must be quite a mix of emotions for Sherlock because it's like, Bell looks so good when he's being a good detective, but he is mad at Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's just like, how could you not confide in me about this? Big blow for their relationship, gotta say. The burn is gonna be even slower now. But if Joan's moving out... (laughs) Oh, Marcus! I've got an extra bedroom now. If you want to move in, oh, look at that! Three months later, and you've never slept in that bed. Ha! <laughs>
1: ha. Yeah. Do you see the the picture I'm painting? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm smiling. Okay. <laughs> I'm smiling, and I'm also trying to think of a pun on like you know, ring the bell if you need me.
2: Call me, Bell me if you want to reach me. Yeah. Kim Possible.
1: <laughs> Did they have Kim Possible in Canada? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's the sitch? You know, all that shit. Yeah. Excellent. The blonde one. The blonde man. Was he her brother? The blonde man? The blonde. Yeah. Ron Stoppable? Yeah. Are they related?
2: No. No, they're friends. And then like later in the series, maybe more.
1: Wow. Best
2: friends? (laughs) Upgraded to tier two best friends i need to see what ron stoppable's hair looks like now because he had a naked mole rat and my brain is going oh ron stoppable he's bald (laughs) no Uh,
1: he's he's got like a ron stoppable's got like a um uh what are they called the purple things that the emoji for dick what eggplant an eggplant he's kind of got like an eggplant shaped head and he's got like this like little mop of like hair of blonde hair on top I am seeing it now. Yes, he. I have having googled it. I see now
2: he has some blonde hair. That it's that cartoon hair where it's like, hey, where is that actually coming out of your head, and where where is it going? Yeah, but it's not important. Really, did not know where you were going with the what is the purple (laughs) emoji thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, are you about to explain to me why they become more than friends? No, no. It's just.
2: My mind's just so
1: wild, you
2: know? He does have an eggplant-shaped head. Or, I think more of an egg-shaped head, but... Sure, Maybe a baby eggplant, which kind of looks like an egg.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. So, anyway, so, they're like, what the heck, Sherlock, your freaking brother? And Sherlock is like, okay, I can't tell you anything, but, like, trust me. Source, trust me. (laughs) um, bro, trust me. Bro, trust me. And they're like you always have something going on that you can't tell us about. Um, and he's like, please. What does he say? I mean, I don't, I don't even remember how the scene ends. He just kind of is like...
1: Yeah, so, you know, he says... He basically kind of just uh, comes out and says, like, I don't know what's up with... Like, They ask him, where's Mycroft? And he says, mm. I don't know. And I know that right. he's not the killer. And, mm-hmm. and like... You know he knows that he can't give, he can't say a lot because he knows that if he says a more that like Gregson or Bell wouldn't have any problem keeping him in the in the precinct. So he basically says like like like, like don't worry like this will get sorted out, and mm. but like you know he like he definitely knows that like Bell and Gregson are on the trail, so he can kind of like he doesn't want to completely like tell them like to back off because like.
0: Mm-hmm. That might
1: trigger a response where they are like, okay, well, like, arrest right. Sherlock, you know, fuck this. That's extremely suspicious, yeah. But also, he he knows that the NYPD is a good, like, place to put people or, like, mm-hmm. put things what that need to be temporarily held. Um, right. And he also knows that, like, he's doing good work because he's going to be, be able to give them someone who's, like, connected to the larger case right to an actual crime that they can actually solve
2: yeah this is this is an interesting example of like they're pretty loyal to sherlock when like an outsider comes in um or like when somebody else in the precinct you know is like why are you got these consultants if they're not real police or whatever you know captain yeah. goes to bed for them but in the case of if if he's hiding something from them or if it seems like he's involved in something that he hasn't told them about like they will not protect him yeah they will just you know he is suspicious to them now because this is this occurs in the fantasy world of uh, of New York City where the cops do not have a thin blue line. Um, yeah. that they circle the wagons around their yeah. people or whatever. Yeah. So back at the brownstone, yeah, Joan gets a visit from Sherrington, who very rudely just came by unannounced.
1: Yeah, this is. And she's uh, like th-
2: looking at like. This is what Sherrington was doing at this time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like looking at all the clues and stuff.
1: Is this Sherrington and Watson's first meeting?
2: I don't know. It must not be because they don't acknowledge that it is.
1: Yeah, but it, yeah, it, but it, it also feels kind of weird because, like, because Sherlock and Watson are currently having a bit of a squabble, Sherlock didn't tell Watson that they know that Watson and Mycroft are together.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: So when uh, Sherrington comes over, he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. How are things going? How's Sherlock? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, she's
2: like, oh, Sherlock's not here. Like, you can come back later and he's like i wasn't i wanted to talk to you
1: yeah yeah and and this this scene
2: i'm sorry this scene made this me kind of laugh this scene yeah they do some dumb stuff with <laughs> this hacker collective
1: this yeah so they go upstairs i think mm-hmm. um and and
2: Joan brings Uh, him to the media room where all of the screens have little screensaver going. Yeah. Very galactic. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then um, he asks for where they think Mycroft is. She gives an excuse to Sherrington that's different than the excuse that Sherlock gave Sherrington, which was Mm -hmm. that it was like, um, that it was like he was dipping into his father's banking account and whatever and like stealing money from his charities and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And Jones says, oh, we think maybe he put it under one of his investors names and he's in he's owned some lands in the Catskills or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so because of this, like, pretty reasonable, like, development in, like, a change of narrative, you know, Mm -hmm. like, 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 like Watson and Sherlock could be pursuing different leads. My dude, like, like, don't, like, like, don't have a fucking cow.
2: This is so weird to me because. yeah because he calls her out for the different story and like she very easily could have been like yeah that's what we thought 12 hours ago like are you new here yeah like (laughs) Like, we don't you know
1: yeah 100 percent. and so he's like you know you're lying to me you're you know you don't know what you're getting yourself into and then he and then he threatens this fucking idiot he's so gross he threatens to uh, to to uh, uh, content warning for eye injury. Um, mm. He threatens to poke Joan Watson's eyes out with his thumbs.
2: He he threatens to threaten to poke her th- eyes out with yeah. his thumb. He says, "I bet if I held you down and told you I was going to poke your eyes out with my thumbs, that you would tell me where Mycroft is. I might even do it. I'm I'm thinking about doing it." and then so
1: gross uh, yes super gross and it's like of course like this guy who's like in a part of a fucking spy agency is gonna do do this shit but like also like bro you have no fucking idea like 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 the amount of like decorum and shit that you're breaking like when spies become like double agents they get like fifty percent less intelligent. I don't know yes. what, I don't know what the fuck it it's like in so many spy movies where like an agent becomes a double like a like a traitor and they mm-hmm. just they just they just lose all sense of intelligence. Yes. They're just like, I'm gonna make rash decisions now and I'm gonna Whatever it happens in James Bond, it happens in uh, Mission Impossible. It happen- It it just happens all the time. And I'm just like they have to. You have the high ground. You
2: have the <laughs> high ground. Stop. Yeah, they have to empty out some of their brain to make room for all of the evil thoughts that they're <laughs> having now. Because yeah, because if he was like a real spy, like thing to do, if he even wanted to tip Joan off that he knew she knew he was the double agent. He could just be like, Oh, that's interesting. Sherlock told me a different thing last night.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
2: Huh? Hmm. I might call you later. I hope you have better information for me then. I don't know. You know, whatever. Yeah. But he's just like, so you've discovered I'm the mole. Eh? Well, I'm going to do violence on you now.
1: Yeah. It just, it just sucks. (laughs) And it's, it's like, even him showing up like yeah obviously like being a state actor like is not anything i'm ever interested in but sometimes i think i watch these spy movies and i'm like i could be a better fucking spy than this this is <laughs> this is so they seem like Unbelievable. Adults. Yeah, yeah. It's so unbelievable. It seems like a, a thing that you would never do if, you, even if you were not a trained agent. Right. At the this is a man of-
2: who knows how to take prints off of one thing and put them onto a different thing.
1: Yeah, but apparently that's it. Apparently that's <laughs> it. And he also yeah. knows how to follow around a guy who basically works for him right who doesn't who doesn't take evasive
2: measures ever when he goes anywhere
1: so after he threatens to threaten to torture joan mm-hmm. she's like actually you can't do that to me she picks up the remote uh-huh. she turns on all the screens and monitors and tvs in the room uh-huh. and so she says
2: we're not alone because everyone is here Not like everyone, everyone, but the proper noun, the Hacker Collective. She, when he rang the doorbell, she started up a Zoom call.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. This is Microsoft. So this is a Skype call. A Skype call. A Skype call with about 15 people from everyone. Which, by the way, rant incoming. Mm -hmm. As a person who used Skype for many years... Mm-hmm. When Microsoft bought it, it became the worst fucking program to ever possibly live on the face of this planet. And oh, no. I bet that, that if there were at least half the people on this call on Skype, then this man, Sherrington, wouldn't have anything to worry about because none of them <laughs> would be able to hear a goddamn thing that they were talking about. It would All, just be
2: cutting out, garbling.
1: Yeah, also, like, I used to have such a high opinion of everyone. Uh-huh. Proper noun, everyone. Um, Proper noun, everyone. Because they were funny and they had, like, goofy things that they would ask Sherlock to do. Mm-hmm. But just, they're all on camera. Yes. With their plain faces. Uh-huh. Their no, whole faces. No masks. Some of them are in no. darkness, but some of them mm-hmm. are, but most of them are plain faced with uh-huh. their with like their whole like you could unlock their cell phones with the amount of like image yeah. that you have of their face and yeah. they're showing their face to a guy who is a double agent yes and the also double and, agent spy and also they've never they've literally never done this before like there's the this guy is... there's the guy who shows up in the park in um 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 diabolical kind where he like he like punches Sherlock on the arm, right? Uh-huh. But like mm-hmm. but like, you know, he's one guy. He's but- one guy. Oh my god. And it's in
2: person, like he and his buddies are hiding in plain sight by yeah. looking like regular people and walking yeah. away. This is so unrealistic for s- so many reasons. First of all, yeah, the thing of showing their entire faces is s- so ridiculous, but like they shouldn't even be on camera at all. Like, maybe this is too, like, too obvious to us now because we're in 2022 and, like, Twitch exists. But, like, this should be a one camera setup with joan streaming this shit to a big chat of people like she should be like actually everyone is here and like turn on a monitor and there's just like a bunch of like weird color pepe emotes and like l l l like f in the chat for this double agent like minus
1: two you know fucking like yeah like like the pog face but the old one Um, right like right like like yeah like like get like, owned be, get owned like be like like it would probably be like you stream at the moment well this is like 20 <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know like maybe the 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 timeline's a little weird but like yeah the live stream would have been perfect for this because it's like
2: you you're know, being
1: watched yeah exactly 100 percent. you are being watched and like we're all watching you i would rather her turn on the tv and me just seeing a a bunch of people who are on webcam but they're all wearing guy fox masks mm-hmm. i would yeah. rather see that shit
2: and there should absolutely be a chat going also like maybe that's the eighth monitor or something that we don't see but like they're just looking
1: at their phones but yeah when i saw this i literally just like went come on and then just like yeah just like it was like like sunk in my chair just like 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 yeah like i i've I've maligned the show before for like playing with nsa fire so close Mm -hmm. to like the snowden leaks and stuff and like Mm -hmm. and like the the chelsea manning stuff and like for this to go down and for you to have this little like context for anything when like Mm -hmm. the anonymous movement is like a thing that's known uh, like and like you know like all this other stuff, and everyone is supposed to be like a riff on anonymous for sure. So yeah. we are gonna totally have all these people show up on camera with their fucking bare ass face mm-hmm. on screen. Like they should ha- they should be holding up their IDs for all for all they care,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's- this is
2: it's it's so it's so clearly meant for an audience that isn't used to how anonymous works. Yeah, and is trying to use that hacker collective to be like, actually I'm not alone in this room. And like pulling back the curtain and there's a bunch of people standing there for some reason, like, but it's on monitors. So the way you show that is by showing their faces, but like you could, you could mute this scene dub over that. Joan is like, we've created a software that allows us to hack into the, hack into the cameras of computers and cell phones around the country. These are just some of the people who are looking at their phones right now. And like, It would look exactly the same because they're not reacting in any way. No, no, They're dead face. And
1: yeah, yeah, they
2: look like regular people.
1: Yeah, like, 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 I want to congratulate all the people in this scene for getting their SAG card for being uh, (laughs) uh, for having a credited appearance in this television show. But also, like, come on, come on, y'all. Throw in a little peas and carrots, peas and carrots on mute. (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah and 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 also like yeah just like be just like from like an outsider standpoint like Having all these people's faces on on screen doesn't mean that your face is being shown. So that's why I right. think your idea for like the live stream is so important because it's like this guy he can't have his face seen and and like be like associated with this context because right as soon as he gets his face out there as soon as he gets burned as soon as he gets exposed like not only is Mi Five gonna shit can him but You is gonna come after him. Uh huh. God, just thinking about this. This was the stupidest way for Joan to do this because
2: she says I called about 15 of them. so not like I made a group call and people have been joining, but yes. just I called a set number of them and this is what they all look like. Happy hunting. Right. Like he's a spy.
1: He's a double agent spy. This is such a dumb idea. Bro, you're opsec. go to t- <laughs> go to telegram, go to signal go
2: away do not do a face reveal this is not the time (laughs) i mean it's it must be for like you know just people that aren't very computer savvy i just i just keep thinking of carrie from sex in the city where she's like oh god he's online can he see me (laughs) like oh my god just because you can see someone doesn't mean they can see you
1: yeah, yeah. Like, like I wanna, I almost wanna do the edit of the scene where like she turns it all on and it's all like VTubers and. Shit.
2: <laughs> yes. And they're all like pointing and giggling and stuff.
1: And then there's like yes. a there's, then there is a Twitch chat where it's just like Al Al fucking like, mm-hmm. like dancing emojis and shit like. Uh, Got
2: him caramel dancing. Yeah. 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 Yes. Get wrecked. Amazing. Get fucking wrecked, Sherrington. Yeah. So. After that, he leaves.
1: Yeah, he says, I'll deal with you at Holmes later. Right. Man, and he leaves. Great.
2: Yeah. So then Sherlock comes back from the, the police station, and Joan gets a little sassy with him because she's yeah. like, While you're out, I figured out what the results were of the latest call, call number 17 that we were stuck on. Yeah. And Sherlock is like, Wow, Joan, that's great. Like that's such a big, you know, that's such a useful breakthrough. And she's like, "Yeah," and maybe we would have discovered it last night if you hadn't cut me cut off. Cut me off, yeah. Uh. And he gets, he has this phase of just like, "Oh, damn." And I think this is not an argument in Joan's favor. Yeah, I think this supports Sherlock's position of the the more time apart you know any time they spend apart is less time they're spending investigating and discovering things
1: yeah she can't see past the fact that she needs to, that she wants to get out of there she yeah. can, she can't see past that even for the f- and and so nothing can contradict the fact that like she needs to be right in that moment so when she right. says you cut me off okay but like literally you're the one who's cutting off the relationship in this way
2: right yeah, I mean, like, maybe there's something to be said about, like, like to be fair, when she moves out, or if she moves out, she moves out, when she moves out, like, it's not like they're gonna see each other from nine to five, and then be like, goodbye, I forget that you exist, like, they yeah. could theoretically, if they had a time-sensitive case, like, spend more time together in the evening, or whatever, but yeah, I don't think Joan is like has the the gotcha that she thinks she has and and also
1: and also what she finds out isn't something that sherlock couldn't have found out by himself so Mm -hmm. this argument that like it was only a matter of time doesn't really work one way or the other for them because they're only found it out when they found it out right yeah
2: yeah the only reason it, the only
1: reason Sherlock didn't find us sooner is because he got called by Gregson um, in connection with this discovery related to his brother.
2: Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, cuz it's not like when Joan left, Sherlock stopped investigating on his own. Yeah, and so let's So like yes. 6 hours of Sherlock investigating didn't get there.
1: Yeah, so let's assume that like Sherlock was a, was in a coma, right? So mm-hmm. They pick up this thing they get the they get the name match for Mycroft Holmes. They can't talk to Sherlock because he's unconscious. Who would they have called to get any information about mycroft Joan? so right. she would have been the one in the precinct. She would have mm-hmm. had to been the one who was delayed, and then it would have been another six hours or whatever until they had found out about this uh, um about this murder victim,
2: right. Only one of them was free at the at a time
1: exactly exactly, yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't get to own me for having a head start.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: Joan. Yeah.
2: And also, like, she was able to put this together because he had already eliminated all of the other, like, all the other stuff he was investigating. It's not like she discovered it within 30 minutes of looking at things because if she had stayed that evening, 30 minutes later, she would have been like, oh, I know what this one is.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
2: know? Anyway. I think we're saying the same thing. I think I'm my brain is slowly catching up to the math you were doing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So she says that the tip off, the last tip off was different because it wasn't a global thing. It was a local uh, event. So an Iranian uh, New Yorker was killed who I think was a, and turned out to be an activist for like free internet in Iran. Um,
1: Yeah. His name is Nadir Kadim. Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so yeah so that was you know wouldn't have been as big of a headline you know one guy dying yeah and then sherlock is just like rattled still having learned that Sherrington visited joan yeah because when he first comes in he's like are you okay and she's like yes i told you on the phone i'm i'm fine it's fine and sherlock is like i just i still can't i can't believe sherrington visited you and like i'm so mad at mycroft for getting you into this and none of this would have happened if mycroft hadn't like been such a stupid idiot and um he says so sherlock says something about mycroft always fucks things up and is like well he did you know he he wasn't trying to be a problem and sherlock says like well cancer cells don't mean to suffocate healthy ones She's like, oh my god, he's a cancer now. And uh he says, Look, I know that sounds bad because like he survived leukemia, but I think his remission was less of a miracle and more of professional courtesy.
1: Yeah. Oof. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Sherlock is getting really close to the bone here. Mm-hmm. Even even outside of Mycroft's presence, because yeah. he truly believes that Not only is Mycroft a hindrance to, like, his personal relationship with Joan, but -hmm. also his professional relationship with Joan, and also Mm -hmm. Joan's life itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. You can tell, like, he's really, really frustrated with this situation in general. I mean, the idea of, like, any harm ever coming to Joan is, like, the worst thing he can imagine in the world. And so, like... Being able to pin it on one person really focuses him and, like, makes him even more mad. And Joan's like, look, you keep going on about how it's Mycroft's fault, but it's not his fault. It's your fault. Sherlock's like, what? <sighs> and she says, Sodomo Han. Yeah. You worked for him. You didn't know who he was. And so it cuts away from this, but, you know, we can assume that she explains the whole situation to him. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, uh... <sighs> Wow, yeah. It's weird. I feel like this this moment of Sherlock getting this revelation about Mycroft and his like his rejoining with MI6 could have gotten a lot more screen time. Mm. Just because like it was a thing that Mycroft was afraid that would cause Sherlock to break. That he would yeah. He, that it would almost make him like relapse because he wouldn't be able to handle the guilt, basically. Yeah.
2: And this is honestly, I mean, this is a low blow from Joan. I think yeah. I hadn't really thought about yeah. it in the moment, but, like, this is a really mean way to present this information to him. Like, especially given that it's something that, like, Mycroft did, like, voluntarily for Sherlock to protect him. She could have said, like, you keep blaming Mycroft, but you don't recognize that he's doing, you know, he only ever caused any of this because he loves you and he's trying to help you. Right. Right. Instead, she's like, you're not even recognizing that you're the fuck up. You're the reason that I am in mortal peril. Yeah. Which is just like the best way to make Sherlock feel maximum guilty about this.
1: Yeah. And, and it's so fucked up because like we've come a very long way from Joan saying like, there's never a good time for me to bring up what I want to you. Mm-hmm. To now, not only is she making Sherlock feel bad, she's explicitly going against what Mycroft said to do, mm. which was to not tell Sherlock. Right, because Sherlock would not be able to handle it. So now we're left with this question to contemplate: which is, is Joan so desperate to get away from Sherlock that she's willing to risk his self-esteem? To put it in a in a, in a weird kind of way. To, like, put him in this situation where he, like, feels really bad and that he needs to, like, you know, sort of, like, get his shit together. Or is she just being reactionary in this moment?
2: Yeah, I think this is a really emotional reaction from Joan. And it's either, I mean, it, she's either really, like, dysregulated or not in control of what she's, the impact she's about to have on him. Or she's really trying to, I don't know. It, she didn't. She didn't look as upset as I feel like you would have to be to be like I'm gonna ruin this man's life. Like
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's kind of it's kind of hard to tell if she's acting automatically or if she's acting with true intent and malice in order to cause this separation. Yeah,
2: I have to. I have to hope that it's the first one. But she's also a yeah. fictional character, so. Yeah, I can just believe that that's what's happening and that will be what is happening. Yeah, yeah. So the next scene is uh, Mycroft waking up on the couch in the library and Sherlock is sitting in a chair across from him and like turns on the lamp or whatever. Again, a moment of Mycroft being a great spy, super easy to sneak up on. Um, Yeah. So Sherlock, uh, I think he just says like Sodomohan to Mycroft. Like it's yeah. just like, you know, I know what you did, and I'm always impressed by actors who can, uh, cry on command or look like they're lo- look like they're going to cry. Um, because I have a lot of trouble with that. Um, yeah. So Johnny Lee Miller, good acting, gold star for this scene. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, phenomenal actor always. Yeah,
2: he's he's you know he's distressed and he says, "Why would you help me? You owed me nothing." And Mycroft says, simply, you're my brother. And that, you know, yeah. that breaks Sherlock a little bit. He, he gets even more emotional about, you know, just, damn, familial bonds. He says, you know, it couldn't be more obvious that I, I messed up with Sudomahan because of my drug use and you know narcotics anonymous calls for making amends and so i don't know when i'm going to be able to do that but i want you to know that i am going to fix this and i'm going to make this right um yeah so that's the that's the whole scene but yeah
1: it's a it's another example of sherlock's emotional thinking is that he is bent on this like idea that um you have to owe somebody something and you have to pay somebody back, and you don't, and you have to be in someone's debt mm-hmm. uh, to be like, you know, to sort of like have a closeness with them. Mm-hmm. And, and um, for him to say that, like, he can't even necessarily like thank Mycroft for what he's done in a way that, like, you would normally associate with like trying to thank somebody for doing an altruistic deed. Mm hmm. He the only way that Sherlock believes he can properly thank Mycroft is by giving him something like like he gave him. Yeah, resolving the situation exactly.
2: It's interesting because I think I think if Mycroft was having a problem, I could see like, oh, Diogenes is going out of business. I'm such an idiotic restaurant owner, and like you know, Sherlock, I need your help to whatever. I could see Sherlock being like "Mm, no you're dope like you have to own your own mistakes but if Mycroft was in a serious as as serious a situation as Sherlock was where he was going to go to prison he probably would step in and it's it's interesting that he can't really see that from the other side because he's always like outwardly like oh Mycroft you're so stinky and like you're your hair sucks or whatever. Like you're an ass. You're an ass. You're not an asset. You're an ass. But when it comes down to it, like that is still his brother. He's not actually going to, you know, throw him to the wolves. So anyway, it was a good scene. It was pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff in this episode could have been explored a lot longer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So then we, um, we get a classic, Weird middle of the investigation method of getting new ideas. Joan shows up at this apartment that is painted landlord cream. And (laughs) Sherlock is like sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor in one of the rooms. And she's like, Why did you invite me to the murder apartment that um, Nadir Kadem was killed in? And Sherlock's like, Well, I wanted, you know, I wanted a new perspective. I've been looking at these photos and I haven't gotten any ideas yet, but. I think this will, you know, spark my imagination or whatever. So he has recreated the splatter on the wall so that he can see it, like in red paint, like so he can see it in person instead of just looking at the pictures.
1: Yeah. Um, And basically what he deduces in this scene is that given the blood pattern on the wall rather than the ceiling, he feels that this wasn't an assassination necessarily as it was claimed on a blog, mm. um, dedicated to Nadir Kadeem, but not necessarily him specifically, but like, you know, like the the politics that he was involved mm-hmm. in and the cause that he was involved in, um, Sherlock basically deduces that because the blood is all on the wall and in one sort of like similar plane of view, mm-hmm. that it was a emotional killing mm-hmm. and that it was somebody who was deeply angry at Nadir for something
2: yeah because i think the official story or the the original thought was that he was killed with like a blunt object like a baseball bat or something like that and he's like if you were doing that you'd be swinging the bat back and it would be flinging up onto the ceiling yeah 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 exactly and so they um talking through that uh i think they're they're what are we doing what's what's happening um yeah so him talking to joan about that like works works it through his brain and he's like Look at that. We just made a discovery. Our collaboration works, Joan. He makes like puppy eyes at her. And he says, you know, I, since you came on, I have considered our relationship a kind of title, um, grand experiment. And the results of the experiment have told me that it is possible for me to change. And so I will for you for our partnership and he just looks at her and just says stay and it's such a it's it's, it's beautiful Yeah. Yeah. and um joan replies saying you know like you have you have this pull about you you have this gravity and i'm lucky to have fallen into your orbit but if i stay living with you that's just what it's always going to be she's basically like I don't want to be the sidekick character from Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes adventure books of John Watson. I would like to be my own person and have yeah. my own
1: adventure books. So, and she sh- and she should, she should. Yeah, and she sh- and, and she also says that living with him will have consequences. Mm-hmm.
2: They it does produce this great detecting work, but it also yeah it hinders other things. And she doesn't mention this. Maybe she doesn't, she's not interested in it yet, but later season she's, she becomes interested in like starting a family. And like, that's not really something you can do when you live with Sherlock Holmes. I feel like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, well, that'll come up when it comes up, but she's, I mean, she's like, she wants to date people and, you know, she eventually would probably want to get married or whatever. You know, you're not really going to like, yay, you can move in with me and my coworker roommate. (laughs) You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So. Yeah, as, be- as beautiful as the brownstone is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, it's it's just not a two-family house.
2: That's only going to work when Sherlock and Belle get married, because then it would still be all detectives, and they would still be working True. their investigations. True. Um. So, yeah. Beautiful scene. We're not hypocritical.
1: Scene. We're not hypocritical at all.
2: No. I think it's a very normal standard to set that it would be intrusive to have some random person married to Joan move into the brownstone but bell fits right in yeah it's yeah. science you know <laughs> so sherlock takes a second and he's like hm. i just figured out how nadir kadem was killed and so now we we cut to a, a gastronomical public house <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right a pub yeah. that serves
2: food and uh Sherrington's there mm. eating some british garbage Wow. Um, I recently learned about the food called
1: garbage plate. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, How? Uh, what? I mean, well, oh, I, I only know about garbage plate because of. Um, I think there was an episode of Benjamin Babish that talked about it, but um,
2: apparently, yeah. yeah, apparently it's a Rochester, New York specific thing. So shout out, Sarah. um, for being the real life person that i saw talking about a garbage plate recently yeah um but yeah i was i was watching like a drag race uh video of uh james mansfield talking to different queens and she was like oh i've got to i've got to visit you in new york and make a garbage plate with you and i was just like why are you making up words
1: yeah Yeah. why are you lying again
2: yeah but uh apparently it's a real thing weird um,
1: yeah I, I i i I can't imagine what a vegetarian garbage plate would look like
2: <laughs> nacho cheese ketchup potato, potato chips and vegan hot Hope. dogs I don't know yeah I don't know what's in yeah. a regular garbage plate actually so
1: yeah yeah it's it's a lot of things and I'm sure that if I got one wrong that you know
2: you'd be executed s-
1: yeah, yeah, Sarah would, would personally come over here, hop the border, and fold me into a basketball and dunk mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's why she's so tall, is so that she can do that to
1: people. Yeah, she's basically an alien from Space Jam.
2: <laughs> she's the monster of our hearts. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that... It, it worked. That worked. Yeah. I'm going to have more she... confidence in my bits. That, that bit slayed. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sherrington, so Sherrington is eating some British garbage and um, Mycroft comes in and is like, alo, old chap, or whatever. And yeah. Sherrington's like, oh, how do you know I would be here? And Mycroft's like, you're always talking about how they make the best shepherd's pie in New York City every time we come here. <sighs> yeah. What a weird dish to get excited
1: about. And also, again, with the fucking being a bad secret agent (laughs) i'm gonna go to the place i'm always talking about while
2: i'm just after i've violently threatened some people
1: and also i'm gonna be there and i'm also gonna be eating a shepherd's pie which is my favorite Mm -hmm. i'm just a creature of habit you know Uh uh-huh
2: i love to be reliable i love for people to be able to just go to the first place they think of when they think of me
1: People just catch me eating shepherd's pie all the time and they're like, Sherrington, that's so you That's so Sherrington of you. That's so Sherrington.
2: That's so Sherrington. Um also <laughs> what makes a shepherd's pie bad? How can you distinguish um, between the good and bad shepherd's pies?
1: You know what makes shepherd's pie bad? <laughs> When you make it safe for vegans and vegetarians, am I right?
2: Shut up! <laughs> you meanie! Uh, vegan crumbles are just as good as
1: ground beef. No, th- yeah, th- yeah I, I, would, I, would, I would actually agree with that as a non-vegan.
2: I've spent so much time eating vegan crumbles that I don't...
1: They're they are ground beef to me now, you know? It's, it's, it's really just a matter of texture that it is taste mm-hmm. at this point. Shout out Beyond um, Meat. They're nailing it. Yeah, yeah, I hope they don't and, turn and, out to uh, be an,
2: an unethical company in some way. That's really gonna rock my shit.
1: In yeah, a bad way. <laughs> yeah. You'll go have you'll have you have to go back to eating grass or whatever vegetarians do. Yeah, yeah. We we skip bark 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 off the
2: tree. Bark off the tree. Like rip it off. I I had an ex who uh, one time we were outside and they like pulled some pine needles off a tree and they were like, you know, you can eat these. I was like, "You know, we have food in the house." <laughs> 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 They're really into like um, sustainability
1: and blah blah blah.
2: Very yeah, uh,
1: crunchy. Yeah. It's weird that you had a. It's weird they had a squirrel as next part. <laughs> it's very progressive of you.
2: Well, I thought that they could change and stop interfering with people's McDonald's uh, deliveries, but I was wrong.
1: Um, oh my oh. gosh! What a callback. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, man. So, yeah. So, Sherrington's
2: eating this um, shepherd's pie.
1: Sherrington looks at Mycroft and says, is that a gun in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Mm. And
2: Mycroft is like, no one enjoys your presence. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, but Mycroft is here with a gun. He shows up and Sherrington is like, I'm sorry for framing you. And Mycroft's like, framing me for what? And Sherrington takes a second and he's like, I'm not recording you uh and so Sherrington gives us his like backstory his motivation for becoming a double agent which is just that
1: he grew up working class he's like i i grew up i grew up in the in the in the trenches in the trench i grew up hard i I came up in the trenches mate he said he said i came up hard which is he
2: does say that yeah that's the kind of thing that if somebody said it in a movie we were watching on Zero to Zero. We'd talk about that for a solid five minutes.
1: It would be the title of the episode, be, I think. Be the title of the
2: episode. I jam up hard. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh.
2: um, Zero to Zero is a good podcast. Uh, and if you like LMNOP and
1: you don't mind the penis jokes,
2: you'll probably really enjoy Zero to Zero. Uh,
1: Never mind the penis jokes. It's Val like. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, he, he's, he calls Mycroft mate, and he says, oh, they don't like blokes like me, powers that be, so I decided to be a little fucker and be a spy, a double spy. He He's literally, he's like, yeah, you know, I wanted to get back at the, you know, the man, and Minecraft is like, by committing homicide and, like, treason <laughs> a lot, and he's like, yeah, whatever. It. So... Mycroft says, he offers the guy, like, money. He's like, can you please unframe me for these crimes? And, uh, Sherrington basically says, no. How about I kill you instead? Yeah. He also tells Mycroft that if, if Mycroft kills Sherrington, a letter will get mailed to Lemelieu outing Mycroft. So, they'll probably come after not only him, but Sherlock and Joan as well. So, Sherrington is like, trolley problem either all three of you die or just you that's my best offer for you yeah this scene is also like very dramatic so they're like kind of whisper talking and i hated it
1: yeah and it just it just it just doesn't make any fucking sense like to be talking so openly about this is one thing yeah but, but also like i'm sorry this is a trope that has happened a bunch of times in different things and it doesn't make any sense what do you mean if I die, a letter's going to get mailed? <laughs> on my best day, with the most amount of energy I've ever had, with God and the devil both on my side, with a stamp in my hand and an envelope on the other, you couldn't pay me to, to mail a letter. You couldn't fucking pay me to mail a letter. And you ask me, you expect me to believe that this dope is going to send a letter from the grave? <laughs>
2: He is asking somebody to, A, hold on to a letter for a long period of time and not lose it or spill anything on it. And B, put that letter in the mail when they learn that he's dead. From what? Are they going on obituaries.com and checking every 10 minutes?
1: You know, that's got to be the worst fiber gig that you would have ever been asked to do. (laughs) Yo, I'm asking for more than $5 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I also do love the
2: idea that Sherrington doesn't have an accomplice and is just doing it himself.
1: Yeah, seriously.
2: I feel like no. when I'm sleepy, I procrastinate badly. If I was dead, it would be even worse. Exactly. I'd be like, That's what I'm saying. I'd be like, oh, I guess I got to get around to that and like climb out of my grave. And I would notice like one of my hands was half skeleton I'd be like, ah, fuck. How long has it been?
1: I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be one of those people who's like the worst haunting person. <laughs> you know, it's uh-huh. like it's like I'm one of the, I'm one of those poltergeists that just knocks over a book once in a while. Mm hmm yeah oh no we better we better fix that bookshelf honey okay i know you won't because you keep saying oh i wish i were a more and more handy person but you never pick up the tool and you never pick up the hammer you never pick up the nail and you never nail me and it just because the cycle goes on and on and on and i'm sick of it and i'm like knock over another book <laughs> And, like, the leather of the couch gets really yeah. loud.
2: Yeah, you're like, ooh, this lasagna's is
1: I, delicious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh.
2: Just an awkward ghost who, like, doesn't want to <laughs> haunt anymore because it's like, ooh, you guys have your yeah. own thing going on. Yeah. I
1: see this relationship is haunted. <laughs> oh, my God. By miscommunication. Miscommunication um (laughs) i think miscommunication is a try is a trifling mistress (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the stage miscommunication Miscommunication.
2: (laughs) amazing yeah that's the kind of toddlers and tiaras competitions we should have
1: exactly
2: miscommunication please read an i statement you know (laughs)
1: Exactly.
2: I think if I was a ghost, I would definitely be one of those ghosts that doesn't know. And it's like
1: really embarrassing. because you have to be like, oh, yeah, you're dead. Like that movie I just, I almost spoiled by saying the name of (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is it the really old one? No. Okay. It's from, I think it's from the the
2: 2000s. It has Nicole Kidman in it. Oh, I'm thinking of, yeah, no, I was thinking of The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about...
1: Shit! I said it.
2: Fuck. Oh. I'm gonna bleep it out, but not thank you. Not when I said six cents because everybody knows that one.
1: Yeah, everyone everyone knows that. But if you like that one, watch um beep. <laughs> 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 how do I, how do I give it away? You know what? Just watch more. You know what? Completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. Watch more Nicole Kidman movies. Yeah.
2: It, okay, she's she's doing great. I watched her in uh, the Top of the Lake. I think that show was yeah. depressing, but she gets yeah. to use her real australian accent in it so
1: yeah yeah maybe skip moulin rouge well unless you like musicals unless you like musicals and also you're not photosensitive epileptic <laughs> right yes heads up that
2: baz Luhrmann does direct that movie um right like baz lightman <laughs> got him um enough dunking on baz Luhrmann. yeah he can nope I was going to make some kind of Baz Slurpman kind of thing, but I don't think we need to do that. I just said, let's stop dunking on him. So, uh, Mr. Lerman, thank you so much for your Romeo and Juliet 1994 remake. So, Mycroft hears this. He gets told, I came up hard. And he's like, okay, I'm going to leave now. And that's the end of that scene. And we go to the police station. I thought this was really funny. I think it's, I like the little touch of when people get brought into the police station and are acting normal because they don't want to, like, don't want to be obvious that they're like, yes, I should be a suspect in this murder. So Julian Afkani is brought into the police station. Captain is like, thank you so much for coming down. And the first thing out of his mouth is, "This is an incredible inconvenience for me. I had to close my store."
1: Yeah, yeah. Kevin <laughs> is like, "Oh yeah, we'll just be a couple minutes. Thanks." Even when you're uh, uh, an international spy and you have a mole in MI6 mm-hmm. and you are a suspect in a murder, even then, even then, nothing, nothing will override small business owner brain. <laughs>
2: People come to my bookstore because they know it's open 18 hours a day. If I lose that reputation, people will go somewhere else. Uh, yeah. yeah. Minutes away from being accused of a crime. And he's like, mm, I'd really rather not be here right now. I'd rather be working. I'd.
1: Ra- my other car is working. Um, <laughs> my other car was broken into and <laughs> had a... Ha- had, had a pretty lady inside. Used to surveil me. And a, and a British woman. Yeah. And a British man. <laughs> yes. Uh, um.
2: So, yeah. So they bring him in and they, they get right to it. They're like, so Nadir Kadem, uh was killed. And fun fact about him, he was not assassinated. He was killed for personal reasons. And we know this because the blood spatter reflects that he was killed by having objects repeatedly thrown at him so he was stoned to death which is a very personal crime very personal way to kill someone because it takes a bunch of time and effort and objects and they're like we know that it was you because you suspected him of effing your wife um of having an affair with your wife and so you reached out to your british spy contact to look more into him and when your spy friend called you and confirmed your cuckoldry you went over and you freaking killed him you brained him in the brain yeah and they're like we have um we have evidence of this or like we know this is true because we reached out to your wife turns out she's kind of pissed at you <laughs> uh cuz you had to tell her that you did it and even though you tried to burn the clothes that you wore when you committed this crime your wife yoinked a piece out of there she pulled the undershirt out from the fire and saved it so we got him yeah
1: afkami says i want my lawyer and uh gregson says let me give you a little preview about what he's gonna tell you tell us what you know about the mi6 mole how you recruited him and how he paid how you paid him blah 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 or you'll never see uh the light day ever again, uh-huh. or some shit. The and classic
2: then, cop uh, thing of not asking more questions after someone says they want their lawyer, but like saying declarative statements that
1: might uh, incentivize them to keep talking. Yeah, classic cop move. Uh, and and just I don't want to get too serious. Okay. But also, but it's weird that they the subplot the Iranian uh, secret agent subplot culminates in cuckoldry and stoning someone to death. Mhm. It just it just seems like a little bit it just seems a little off to me because I don't know what the fuck it is with these secret agents who are international spies. Living in America, living in the Big Apple, living in the big city. Uh-huh. And their first inclination is, I'm just going to do a personal murder for me. Mm-hmm. I've done like 18 terrorist related <laughs> plots. So I'm going to just go ahead and do one for me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to kidnap a man who is fucking my wife. Mm-hmm. They never actually say how he found it out, but whatever. Let's just say he found out, found some text. Yeah, whatever. he suspected. Yeah. I'm going to kidnap this man, mm-hmm. tie him up into uh, tie him up in a New York City loft apartment, mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw rocks at his head until he dies. Until he dies, no one is going to call the police. No one's going to know it was me. No one's going to know it was me, and also me throwing these heavy rocks on this hardwood floor <laughs> in this loft apartment isn't even going to get a noise complaint nope. in New York City. Because New York City is just wacky like that, and I'm going to get away with it for approximately, uh, mm, uh, mm, uh, mm, maybe like a month or so, <laughs> but I'm an international spy, so my state government has authorized me to act on their behalf on foreign soil. Uh but I'm actually just going to go ahead and do stoning to death mm-hmm. on my personal time. Yeah. This one is off the clock as a treat. It just it just feels like such a limp end to mm-hmm. the subplot because we don't ever see julian like we don't ever we don't ever fucking hear julian speak a word until he's in this precinct yeah and we also never learn anything about nadir really other than that he was fucking julian's wife we see a headshot of him we see a headshot of him and that's about it so even though we've heard uh julian of kami's name hundreds dozens of times across both of these episodes He was never it was never a a situation where it felt like this subplot could actually get some legs of its own Mm -hmm. because the the, because the episodes were so inundated with Joan and Sherlock's like relationship changing in dramatic ways Mm -hmm. that they couldn't have time for this thing. And basically what it ended up amounting to was. An international spy from Iran was done in by doing a personal vendetta murder against somebody who was uh, sleeping with his wife. Yeah. An an international spy from the British Secret Service was a mole for this international spy from Iran. Mm -hmm. And he, the only reason he was a double agent was because he was working class and somehow wanted to get back at his employers. Uh He employed a man whose. Uh, brother was known worldwide as a good detective and he brought him and, and and he it just and told just, the
2: good detective that hey i know you know i'm the spot i'm the mole by the way yeah
1: it's just it's just just dumbos everyone, all around ev- yeah it just it just becomes the situation where you're just like at the end of it you like you felt like there could have been a situation where like sherlock at the end like like, like, tells, like, like, lays it all out for, for Watson, or, like, is laying it all out for, for whoever, Mm -hmm. and then they just look at each other and just be like, well, that's a bit of a limp ending.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the personal murder thing is so weird. It's always, like, whenever they have a, a big plot, like, some kind of conspiratorial thing going on, and then, there, it just turns out to be a personal murder. It's almost like a throwaway. Like they might as well just be like, eh, never mind about that one. That
1: one actually doesn't really count. Why'd you? Why'd you kill them? Oh, just because I wanted to. I was
2: mad at him. So, yeah, yeah, it's so like, cause if he's a spy, if even if he wanted to do a personal murder, take him in an out al- to an alleyway, kill him the way spies do, but yell at him first or something. I don't know. Like, yeah,
1: what? Yeah. Yeah. Or
2: dispose of the body in a more discreet way. Anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this this is weird because the reason why I think it's so important to point this out on a show like this is because, again, like I've mentioned before, like, this show plays, and we'll get to it later in the episode, but also, like, I know we've been running long, but, like... There's like this element of the show where they play nice with NSA and CIA and whatever mm-hmm. like they like they like they begrudgingly do so mm-hmm. but they also have taken the opportunity over the past two epi- two two episodes this episode and the last one to really like hammer in the kind of like negligence or like inadequacy or like old fashionedness of like other international spy agencies mm-hmm. And so it's weird for a show to like, begrudgingly hand it to nsa and cia assets uh-huh. like to also turn around and be like and mi6 oh they're just a bunch of cabal people like yeah and uh, and like look For a we bunch made of this old joke, we made this joke about them overthrowing world governments don't look up what the cia did in the 60s though right yeah we also we're also making fun of this iranian spy who definitely just just like just went back on his iranian instincts to carry out a personal murder right also don't look at also don't look into how uh the iranian revolution like completely fucked over um uh, the American public by changing American public media and transforming it into a 24-hour news cycle, which completely bombasts us and traumatizes us on a daily basis. But you know, uh, isn't it funny that he got mad and he stoned the other guy? He couldn't help it.
2: <sighs> it is very, yeah, it is very weird to have both characterizations of, because if you're going to have the like, oh, international, you know, organizations are all still full of doofuses because people are just doofuses but then to also have like and the NSA is like big brother they can get anything they want at any time and they're always watching and they're like evil but necessary like yeah. they're they don't have doofuses too okay cool okay Bet.
1: yeah and yeah so they get this uh so after they they talk with Afkani, mm-hmm. you know they they you know bell says bell, bell gets bell his in.
2: third line of the episode <laughs> second yeah, line of the episode yeah,
1: yeah. and he says that there's a british national who's turned up at the morgue mm-hmm. and uh you know it's a very obvious like commercial moment where it's like yeah they like have a have a close-up on sherlock's face as he looks very nervous and yeah they uh, watching it on we, hulu
2: though it was like there's a british national in the morgue and you're like oh no is it mycroft no <laughs> the yeah, next exactly. shot is sherrington's body
1: yeah sherrington with two um two gunshots in the cheek mm-hmm. um and you know uh Gregson you know looks at Sherlock looks at Watson looks at looks at Bell and says put out a finest message for mycroft
2: yeah Sherlock um, is like I know that my brother didn't do this but yeah and captain's like and, literally everything points to him like you just told me that this guy was trying to fuck over your brother so
1: yeah we say that he had we like like Gregson says like I know somebody with a motive who would have done this right yeah considering everything we just learned right You know. and so um so they go back to the brownstone Mm -hmm. Watson and Sherlock and they they go there and who's on the stairs but it's Mycroft the last place anyone would think to look for him yes seriously (laughs) um he uh He gets up and he's like, you know, like, um,
2: Sherlock says, I didn't, I, yeah. Tell me you didn't kill him. You didn't kill that man. And, and Mycroft says, I did not kill that man, but I did help.
1: But I had a hand. Yeah. And he says, uh, um, Mycroft basically says like Sherrington, he tells them what Sherrington told him in the pub. He fully recaps the scene that he had. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, okay. We know this. Yeah. We just saw that. Yeah, he says um, he basically traded MI6 secrets to the NSA so that the Mm -hmm. NSA would send McNally Dean to basically take care of Sherrington.
2: So they they the NSA reached out to their own contacts in Lemelu. Yes. So to prevent Sherrington from outing him, like burning him with the Lemelu. He had the NSA do the same thing for Sherrington. And then Lemelieu obviously killed him. Yeah, And yeah. now that I'm saying all of that, does Sherrington have family? Is Lemelieu <laughs> going to kill his family like they were going to do for Mycroft? Or is it only a problem when it happens to Sherlock and John? I hate you know, this plot.
1: I Yeah, at, yeah, hate at this, this point, because at this point you would have to say to yourself, okay, Mycroft better be hoping that Sherrington didn't have family or didn't have like other assets or like what if what if Sherrington was the handler for other agents who weren't corrupted who weren't or you know what's going to happen to them you know yeah like, you know like like don't have to like cry too hard for the agents of, of states or whatever but like oh my god and like yeah so of course working with mcnally like brings this, it's a, a whole other set of circumstances because now McNally's going to have this thing to hang over sherlock someone who yeah. he already doesn't like working with yeah and Sherlock and Watson kind of team up against Mycroft here. Yeah, they're both like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, Watson says, "Like we were gonna, we said we would handle it. We were working." Sherlock's like, "Sherlock's like, we would have helped. Like I literally sat you down and said that in order to pay you back for you sacrificing your fucking adult life to um, prevent me from going to prison, I'm going to get you off the hook." Yeah. And he said and and again, like Sherlock is like saying to mycroft's face, you're lazy, you you're a corner- you're you're cutting corners, and like you know you're you're just selfish and yeah. then like while he's saying this, like mycroft is walking towards Sherlock, gives him a hug and says, Um, I love you, brother, this last year, it's been a gift mm-hmm. and it just and Watson has already left the room by that point, and, and it's just like...
2: The reason that they're even more upset is because the way the NSA is going to tie this up is that they have helped him fake his death. Yeah. This is ridiculous yeah. because if Sherrington hadn't been killed, I mean, maybe Sherrington was like about to do something that would have gotten Mycroft in trouble or something. But until they found that body in the morgue, mycroft was not in trouble anymore yeah like they had the guy saying my the mole was Sherrington. blah 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 like Sherrington would have been arrested or brought back to mi6 to be you know given a finger wagging and put back on the street or whatever they you know whatever they do with spies but like yeah he didn't he didn't have to do this and jones says like we were working on it like you know we were working on it and
1: and, and he yeah, says and, and, i did
2: what i had to do yeah. it's like you literally literally no one asked you to do this
1: yeah yeah it literally became a situation where you know we're supposed to see this as like a as like mycroft making taking responsibility uh-huh. for his own a- for for something right no he's not responsible for anything he's caught up in it Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like an escort mission where at the end, the person who you're carrying from the beginning of the mission to the end throws themselves in front of a train. Right. Yeah. Because they, because, because they're like, oh, the only reason we're going through this level is my fault. I, I, I'm going to fix it. And then they just, they just absolutely kneecap themselves. Yeah. And. And not only that, it's like, okay, you haven't cleared, you haven't actually cleared up any of the air with with William and Mm you because they still know Sherlock exists and they still know Watson exists. Yeah. So the fact is, is that you've not actually prevented the deaths of Sherlock and Watson. You've prevented your own death by metaphorically killing yourself Mm -hmm. and, and leaving sherlock and watson to blame they've already put the they've already pointed a gun at watson so the fact that she's still alive is going to make her a target
2: why even include lemelieu in this plan at all
1: because if you tell them hey there's a mole there there's a mole and like one of your contacts is a mole or whatever why wasn't why wasn't iran and mi6 enough why did they have to include lemelieu again
2: yeah and what is going to make lemelieu be like oh great Thank you for giving us the one guy who was doing that. Now that we know that we had a mole, we have a you know we have an opsec problem. It sounds like we took it, it. Sounds like we took care of it by killing the one guy. Thanks.
1: Like MI six and and the NSA have, both have their hooks in Le Milu. They are not an agency. They're not. They're just a gang of international like criminals. Yeah. You know, like like Microsoft speaks about Le Milu like they're like the boogeymen. Like they're like, like they they employed John wick or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like, no, like they're, they're an international crime syndicate. Like they're not gonna, you know, they're going to have grudges. Sure. And they're going to take action whenever they can, but like you're kicking the hornet's nest when the hornet's nest you, you already had that one big kick of the hornet's nest and you got stung and you almost got Joan stung. Right. And now
2: stop bringing over hornet's nests to (laughs) kids.
1: literally literally stop it it's just yeah it's just uh
2: yeah I, ugh. I i totally see the story beat they were trying to go for of like no sherlock you don't have to take care of me i'll do it but it totally falls flat in this moment where it's just like why yeah nobody thanks nobody liked this like yeah
1: yeah so you know and 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 what's going to end up happening outside of this is you know anyone who Sherrington grew up with who had any contact with him or was his friend is going to be immediately targeted by limo like like according to this big plan right and um the people who worked at diogenes are going to lose their job like and it's just uh,
2: is julian afkani going to go to prison and then get killed in prison by somebody in limo like (laughs) yeah maybe yeah it's Mycroft is so lucky he's fictional because i'm so pissed at him
1: yeah, I would I would kick his ass if he was real. If he was
2: real, it's on sight. I'm taking a plane to England or wherever the wherever the fuck he's going, because that's the yeah, other thing he... about him faking his death is like obviously he can't hang out, <laughs> he can't be in New York anymore, he can't be in England anymore, he can't go to Rome or anywhere else that Lemily would, you know, have people that would recognize him. So, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's Mycroft. He leaves. Um, Sherlock, you can see when he's hugging Sherlock, you can see that Sherlock is like emotional in more ways than just being like annoyed. Like he is also, you know, touched by this grand gesture, sad that he's not going to be able to see his brother anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I, I personally am just annoyed. Um, he then goes upstairs and sees, or this is, I guess, later in the night or something later in the evening. Um, Sherlock sees Joan in her room talking on the phone with someone about a month-to-month lease, coming to see the place, blah, blah, blah. And he goes back downstairs. He goes up the ladder to his bookshelf, his, like, tall, top bookshelf, and opens up the book with the secret compartment and takes out the little bag of heroin with the Pringles man on it from that episode back when that happened.
1: Yeah, that was, um, Paige? Paige's house?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um,
1: from uh, season one, right?
2: I do not remember. Yeah. I do not remember when it happened, but it did happen. And then um, uh. he puts it in his pocket. We don't, you know, we don't see him do anything with it. And maybe as, you know, as an alternative to using and maybe as just another thing, he goes back to the um, cabal room the club for gentlemen um, and is like hey so Sherrington offered me a job the other day
1: Was that like bullshit? Yeah
2: like was he like playing me or is it like was that JK or and um, Sir Walter is like no my good boy it was a a genuine offer and Sherlock's like okay cool, I'll take it
0: and then yeah. the
1: episode's over. Yeah. And that's the whole that's the season. The, uh, that's the end of the episode. It's the end of the season. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Did not this
2: was the ending where I was like, What?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But there yeah. isn't I mean it's yeah. it's it doesn't like completely like immediately bleed into the next episode. Like there is a big gap between what happens at the end yeah. of this episode and the beginning of, you know, season three. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and you know, there's there's um there's an element of like, you know, yeah, a little bit of a time skip, but also like there's a lot of things up in the air that like aren't like super like like things that are going to be part of the main plot, like Joan moving, mm-hmm. um, the ominous bag of heroin, mm-hmm. and Sherlock being uh, on MI6's roster. Mm-hmm. You know, like like those things will affect the main events, but they're more like stage setting rather than like outright like mysteries to to unravel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's not
1: like a who's sh- it's not like a who shot Mr Burns situation.
2: Right. It's just setting you up for the change that will be coming. Yeah. 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 Um John, John
1: Lee John Miller uh uh Sherlock Holmes will be going train spotting in season three. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh uh spoiler alert or, or 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 um twist, he's just looking at New York subway trains. He's <laughs> like, Oh, look at that one. Huh. There it is. Lovely. Yes. Yeah. Is
2: next is season three? Does he go to London? Does it pick I, back up and he's in London in season
1: three? I don't remember. Or
2: like see, you, you watched episode one, right? Is he in London in episode one? No, I don't believe so. Okay, no. okay. I must be thinking of season yeah. four. Yeah. No, season
1: There's three is the one with
2: Kitty. So he must he must go there eventually.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm sure. But yeah. Anyway. Back to back to London. Um, back to London. Yeah, that was um, episode. That was, that was episode. Wow. We did it. What a what a roller coaster of emotion. I know. I think we get we made some good ass points yeah. this episode. Um, and, so, and 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 if i may maybe so bold, some good ass jokes.
2: Yes, I including agree. some good
1: ass jokes. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Move some some spaces around in that. Still true. Um, <laughs> now we just talked for a while, but the conversation doesn't end there, folks. We have an LMNOP Discord. If you want to join, it's 100% free. You can just click the link that's in the uh, episode description or the pinned tweet on our Twitter, LMNOPcast. Uh The Twitter is used more for, like, updates and, you know, retweets of Lucy Lou pictures. Uh, the Discord yeah. is where I ask people for questions to answer on the podcast. Now, I did forget to ask until we started recording, so... We scheduled to record at 7.45, and it is is seven at 7.46, I posted, asking if anyone had any questions. So we did get two, uh, both from Eris, friend of the show, who says uh, about this episode, I love that Sherlock has all these go-to safe places, always ready to go. I think hanging out in an empty library would be amazing. I have two questions. The first is, where would your ideal safe house be? And the second is... Do you think they did a good job tying up Minecraft's Minecraft's storyline? Ideal safe house. Mm. I don't know. I mean, there's so much opportunity for fun yeah. stuff, like a a mattress store or something.
1: Oh it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, a good, a good safe uh, safe house that also doubles as a podcast recording studio. Yes. Put them up on the walls. Just set, yeah. Just set, just set up like a little like interior hut. Of mattresses, yes.
2: A little, and you're good to go. Lean to, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, how about you? I think this is this is really uh, goofy to say, but I've always really been fascinated with the idea of like living in a church,
0: mm. like
1: uh, like a church with like stained glass windows and, mm. and all this stuff. Like, there's a movie called Zero Theorem, okay. starring uh, uh, Christoph Waltz. Um, and it's, he, he plays a character who lives in like a super cyberpunk futuristic world, but like his home is a church huh? and it's really cool. And it's like very like super goth and interesting and very like, and very aesthetically pleasing. So an abandoned church would be a great, I think a a safe pick for me because, well, you know, due to uh, a myriad economic factors, there are not there are more than one abandoned church in my city. So oh. um like an abandoned church with like boarded up windows and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I would love to turn that into a safe house. Um Nobody else would like think to pa- go in it. Exactly. And and you know, and, and if, and if I'm being pursued by vampires, they can get fucked. There you go. Doubly secure. Amazing.
2: I did just think the other safe house, I think that would be useful would be, um, the closet in Bender's apartment in Futurama.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because I true, think I
2: was true. I was like, oh, we're thinking of such big spaces, what about a smaller space? And I was like Bender's apartment, and then I was like, That sounds terrible. Maybe the offshoot of Bender's apartment.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Um Yeah,
1: that that's that's true.
2: That that could be nice. And then did they do a good job tying off tying up Mycroft's storyline? I think they did a good job of convincing me that he is not coming back because like even when characters die on shows i'm always like well you never know
1: <laughs> yeah I, i'm the same way i i can't really be convinced even if the show's not like a supernatural yeah like like thriller magic show or whatever yeah um no i i feel like yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you that they've convinced me that Mycroft's not coming back, mm-hmm. and I hope he doesn't. I hope that bitch stays dead. Um, <laughs> but um, what I actually mean is no, because, again, I once again, Mycroft has had how many years since he came back to MI6 to learn the lesson that doing something good that nobody asked you to do is not a character trait? No, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's not a, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just nothing doing because
2: doing something dramatic that nobody asked you to do. And you didn't talk about the consequences about with people before you do it does not make it heroic.
1: It just makes it dramatic. 100%. And, 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 and and we go back to Mycroft bailing out, um, uh, uh, Sherlock from, uh, Mohan and being involved in that whole thing to um him giving up his life so that uh or in a metaphorical way to semi kind of not really not endanger the lives of his girlfriend quote unquote and his brother mm-hmm. so so going all the way back to the Saddam Hussein thing, like, he insists that Sherlock wouldn't have listened to him back then. Mm-hmm. But also, why wouldn't he? Like, like, like. there's never been a point where Mycroft's come up to, come up to Sherlock and been like, this thing's happening and it's weird and fucked up and you should look into it. And Sherlock would definitely say no. Right. You know, Sherlock loves a mystery, even when he was deep within his addiction. Like he he was still somebody who was taking on these responsibilities, these tasks. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's it's just it's a whole thing and it and I think like it's really kind of fucked up for Mycroft to have come this far in this show and not learned a goddamn thing. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's the the thing for me is it's it's kind of funny. Like, I feel like if what they were trying to do is characterize Mycroft as like kind of a boneheaded, like, uh, like stubborn guy who can't accept help from his brother, like when it's the most important that he does, then they did a great job of tying up Mycroft's storyline because that's exactly, you know, how I feel about him. He does... It is a very final thing, and it is absolutely, like, something that a guy like that would do. But it's very unsatisfying as far as, like... Like, narratively, I think it's fine. But as a person, like, seeing another person do something, I'm like, Dude, what are you doing? What the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, maybe his his story is a tragedy instead of a comedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So In that way, it feels like... If that was what they were going for, it's a success. But I also don't necessarily even still feel bad for Mycroft.
2: I don't I think they did want him to seem heroic and self sacrificing with this, but it it doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't hit that way. So fuck Mycroft. Enjoy being dead beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's so many places he can go
1: still, you know. Well, There's one thing that we can definitely say about Mycroft is that he's not an asset anymore. He's still just an ass. just an ass.
2: You know what they say about being an asset? It makes an ass out of (laughs) 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 E.T.
1: Sorry, that killed me.
2: Rest in peace to you. (laughs) <laughs> so that's the that's the discord questions. I already said the Twitter. I'm ValFlightCub. I'm on Twitter at FlightCub.
1: The second B stands for ByCraft. <laughs> uh, and you? And, and I'm Joe. I've been your uh, uh, co-host guest on this excursion. Yes, it's are. been so fun to go through this journey. And yeah, I'm excited to talk more in the future about Mycroft and what no, may, maybe not Mycroft. I mean, we can talk like, about him whenever we want, but yeah, it's not yeah, even new true, stuff. True, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, I bet his hair still sucks wherever he is. <laughs> Mid-season four. Um,
2: and another thing about Mycroft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, when I'm not uh, guessing on cool podcasts and whatever, mm-hmm. you can find me on Twitter at friend of the show. Hell yes. Where I'm making good jokes all the time.
2: Yes. Some very retweetable
1: tweets on there. If I yeah. say so myself, um, you'll never be wrong retweeting from John. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Noisebase.xyz is the website that ho- ho- hoists. It hoists the
1: podcast. Hosts. <laughs> 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 uh, so, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Noisebase.xyz went French Canadian. Mm-hmm. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. It's, it's xyz. Yeah, it's kind of problematic now.
2: <laughs> yeah, what other podcasts are on there?
1: Zero to Zero, like we mentioned. Uh, Kyle like so why? So many podcasts. There's Fear Baiting, which is on a little break right now, mm. but so much know, backlog though. So much backlog, and it's so good. I've been on. I've been on Fear Baiting, and you know, it's yes. it's it's a really good time. It is. Even if you don't like horror movies, there's a great episode, and there's a great episode with you, Val, on there. Thank you. We talk about the mummy.
2: Yes. And there are two other episodes with me.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait, two? No, one.
2: Two. No, yeah, cuz it's the Love Witch and the Yes. uh dark half or something. I don't remember what the other one is called. Wait, no. Three more, because there was the there's the one about the evil twin. There's one about a demon and there's one about the Love Witch.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't remember what they're called. It's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the demon, the Love Witch, and the other two. A.K.A. my next D and D party. <laughs> that would be a pretty good, pretty, pretty good
2: D and D party. Can you play twins?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I would allow it as a DM. I would allow it. Nice. You know, you you'd, you you'd have to manage two characters, but if they're like twins, like the Shining twins, mm-hmm. that are basically the same person, yeah, I, I would allow it.
2: Or like those ones from um, the 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 uh, the little twins from Nintendo who wear big puffy jackets. Oh, the Ice Climber Twins. Ice Climber Twins, yeah. Yeah, because they're basically, you know, they're two people, but they take one turn. Anyway, Joe and I are going to continue homebrewing an entire D&D race called Twins after recording. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Joe, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure as always. And um, I look forward to the next, next episode with you,
1: whenever that is. For sure. Yeah. 100%.
2: And to you... Listeners like you, thank you for listening. This marble will keep on rolling. Goodbye. She is watching the
0: detectives. Who is so cute? She is watching the detectives. When they shoot, shoot.